Hey everybody, before uh, this episode gets started, I wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up. Um, during the course of this episode, um, <laughs> I get a little bit um, spicy with my language, and so I thought that I would give you a, a little bit of notice in case there are any kids in the in the room with you, maybe if you're listening to this in the car. I know several times I have uh, been listening to podcasts and had... Um, a few words that that my kids heard that I wasn't planning on, so I thought I would give you a little bit of heads up, and uh, yeah, so um, that's your warning. If uh, there's any of my family listening to this, uh, I would say I'm sorry, but you already know how I am, so anyways, enjoy the episode. Thanks. And we're recording. Welcome back to the Project Gen X podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alan Smith, along with... I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And we have a special guest today. Introduce yourself, my friend. Uh, My friend would be Barry. Barry. Yes. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. It's been a year. Um, Give or take, yeah. I think it was. I think it was in November of last year. It was around Christmas time, so yeah. So, Oh, that's true. Yeah, so I guess we're we're coming up on it. We're coming up on a year. It's been a year already. I know. I've missed you guys. I know. And And so, like always, whenever Barry, like, all of a sudden one day gets in touch and says, hey, I got an idea for a show. And then he comes in with a whole bunch of notes and he sends a crap ton of email, of, uh, of, of text messages and we get in you know, like Discord private chats and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, have you listened to it yet? 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 Like, hey, I, I do my homework, okay? I'm, I'm excited because when the man comes with, to us with an idea, I, he, he comes, comes with, with an idea. idea. <laughs> we, we have to do zero prep for this because he has already done it all. It's true, and it's like, and it's funny because, like, you know, because you were like, so what do you think about this world? I was like, dude, I am just letting you take this one. <laughs> this you. Whatever it is you feel like, just you, you it's, it's you. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. So, what is our topic for today? I know this is kind of a little bit of a retread of something Dave and I did. True. Uh, but not exactly. So, I'm going to let you explain it. So what we're going to be doing today is something a little bit different. Um, essentially, the topic on this is going to be something that I'm very passionate about, and that is cover songs. And what we're going to be doing here is kind of going over a few different ones, which both Alan and Dave have listened to. And I'm going to let them kind of debate back and forth, which is the better version on this, the original or the cover? Okay. And now some people may not really understand exactly what a cover song is. Okay, yes, please let's let's lay down the rules on this because yes. there are rules yes. about a cover song. So go ahead. This is not bowling, there are rules. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. All right. So basically what just don't step on the line. Exactly. You're over the line, Smokey. All right. So just to kind of give a, a brief overall breakdown on what the difference between a cover song, a remake, and a remix. Because okay. there are differences on this. Um, a cover song, you know, by definition, typically refers to a new performance or recording of a previously recorded commercially released song by someone other than the original artist. Now, that's not to say that somebody can't write a song for someone else. You know, a good example of that would be something like Lady. It was written by Lionel Richie. Right, for, for Kenny Rogers. Exactly. Right, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, for, for our, our younger audience, Ryan <laughs> Tedder, the front man from One Republic, actually wrote the song uh, Rumor Has It by Adele. He never released it as a single, though. So because of that, 
That is, you're, you're just saying words now. <laughs> no, I, I, except for the one Republic part, I caught the Adele yeah, okay, reference. Okay, okay. That, that's well, a nice I know, reference. I know Adele, yeah. but yeah, in, so. in all fairness, my fiance pointed that okay, one out. Okay, so yeah. Yeah. That, blame that, it on Amy. That's a good one. Like, yeah, that, and, and because they didn't release it as a single, it's not a cover song. And for some of our older, like our Gen X people, it's like um, Bruce Springsteen writing Blinded by the Light and then Manfred Mann making it a huge hit. Yeah, he didn't release it until actually they had released exactly. it. Or, or Prince... Uh, uh, okay, I'm a little confused on this one. Okay, okay. talk to Cause me. Because one of them, I do know that Prince wrote Manic Monday and gave it to the Bangladesh. Yes. Susanna Haas specifically. Yes. Yeah. Nothing compares to you. I know he recorded a version, but did he record it before or after Sinead O'Connor did the song? Okay, so we'll go down this rabbit hole really quick because okay. that's one that I've been I've had a lot of people ask me about. I know, about. I know. It's, so the way that it actually broke down, Prince recorded a song called Nothing Compares to You. It didn't do anything, so he gave it to, a, or he released it to a band called The Family. Okay. The Family put it on their album. It didn't really do anything. So when Sinead okay. O'Connor reached back out to him, he said, I've got the perfect song for you. Let me give it to you. Okay. Okay. And let you release okay. it. And boom, nothing compares to you. There you go. And the, the, the old joke is you can always tell it's a Prince song if words or are replaced with like letters, letters or, or numbers, numbers. And that's got both. Then yeah. you know it's a Prince song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But okay. that's that's kind of the definition of a cover song. And and it doesn't even necessarily have to be in the same genre or anything like that. Because a lot of times you'll see, you know, pop artists covering metal songs or country right, songs right. or whatever. That's fine. A remix is a little different. It's more of a reinterpretation. And that's where you see things that are way off scope. You usually see remixes with things like dance remixes. Right. And usually it's the same Group or singer or songwriter. Sometimes group. you. I said yeah. usual. Sometimes usually. Uh, a lot of times you'll see it where it's completely almost undefinable by the original. Right. The only thing that's the same is the lyrics, mm -hmm. if they even still have lyrics on those. Let me look this up while you're talking. No Go problem. Because there's one I have a question about. Okay. And like I said, you usually see remixes with things like dance music or electronica yep. or things like that. Yep. Um, the term remake or reinterpretation, that's just more of a kind of a broad spectrum that covers pretty much anything. But that also covers if a an artist re-releases a song, like let's say they released something in 1985 and then they turn around and release it again in 2013. Technically, that is a remake. Because the original version came out back in '85, so yeah, it's kind of a broader that, spectrum. Yeah, there, there have been plenty of 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 artists who have re-recorded exactly their own their, their own stuff or reproduced I mean, it, yeah, or, or you know, new versions of things yeah. like that. Uh, what was it? Uh, um, White Snake? I think it was actually just David Coverdale did whenever old school. <laughs> he re-recorded "Here I Go Again" yeah. because he can't hit those high notes in well, the any longer. The thing so about like, the thing about David Coverdale and White Snake is that pretty much every album he's ever released is exactly the same album with well, yeah, different yeah, musicians. I know, I know. If you know. actually go back and look at his albums, like, oh, well, that's on that one, and that one's on that one, and that one's on that one. No, that's why he's nicknamed David Cover Song. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And, then, and then you get into the Coverdale Page stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, because he secretly wants to be a Robert Plant. Oh, I know. I'll say it. It's Nobody true. else has to. No, I, no I, we've, we've dude, all we've said all it. known yeah. that yeah. For, since, you know, as long as we've known who he oh, was. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Now, the, the big question is, why is any of this important? Um, really, what it boils down to is royalties. Who has the rights to what and how right. much do they get paid for it? And if anybody wants to go down this rabbit hole and try to dig out the information, there is a reference point. It's the Copyright Act of 1909. 
And you guys yes. can look that up and kind of go through and read all the information about who actually gets the, the, the royalties and how much and all this other kind of stuff. I'm not going to go down that because I'd like to keep you guys awake. So yeah, that, this is why I like having Barry on the show. That, <laughs> <laughs> that once you get into the royalties, yeah, and it's all a that, rabbit that, hole. That is a hole because get you get your lawyer when you start reading lawyer Mm -hmm. and it also i mean literally it's one of those things that they will they will chop royalties up into however many pieces they need to and then you get so many points and you get so many points and you get so many points and well and and how much and, and literally like when you're when you're when you're doing a copyright yeah and it's multiple songwriters, you have to put on the paperwork, how much did this person contribute? Yep. How mm-hmm. much did this person contribute? Yep. And uh, that's why it's always been easy for me just to write everything and say it's mine. So. And, and if anybody... <laughs> if anybody sure. else, Dave glares yeah. at me across the table. <laughs> and if anybody's interested, there's also information in there about parodies, mm-hmm. you know, concerning who actually has the yep. rights to what and Weird what the Al. rules are. <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of artists, but Weird Al's the biggest one. Right, but right. yeah, that's that's the, the, the reference point that everybody goes back well, to is the, the it, Copyright Act of 19. Yeah, it's either Weird Al or Spike Jones, one of the others. Yeah. True. Uh, oh, who was the country artist that did? The, oh, uh, 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 T. Judd. Cletus T. Judd. Cletus T. Judd yeah. is another big one. So, well, you know, um, well, no, I guess he did. Well, Ray Stevens did a little bit, not much. No, he did. He comedy. did mainly comedy. He did, he did comedy, comedy stuff, stuff, not necessarily right. parodies. But he also wrote some of the biggest hits in country. True. At, at some point. Very true. <laughs> okay. All right. Hold on. Okay. All right. So. Uh oh, he's found something new. <laughs> well, here's there's a, here's one, and, and I didn't put it on here because it is a. Oh, let me get some more information. Madonna's song "Ray of Light." Yes. Okay, is a cover, kind of, yeah. kind of, because. Hold on, let me pull it's, it up here. It's it's uh, it, it was originally the song was called Seraphin. Yeah, it was and, by an English folk group, uh, Curtis Mald- um, Muldoon. Uh, and the thing is, is if you go back and listen to it, like you know the the uh, zephyr in the sky, mm-hmm. I see. Like a lot of that comes from the song, but her and William Orbit when they went in to record the album, they not only redid the music and everything, they actually rewrote some of the song. Yeah. And so I think what you're actually doing is mispronouncing the phrase ripped somebody yeah, off. Yeah, well, <laughs> hey, you want to know what's even worse? There's a, a Vogue. Do you know about all that whole situation? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That where, I mean, there was a song that came out the same year Yeah. by a, um, um, how do we put this? Lesser artist. A transgendered artist. Yeah. person. It was, it was a drag queen, basically. Mm, yeah. That The song was something, it wasn't called Vogue, but it was something Vogue. Yeah. And it and, is ripped off almost entirely. Oh, yeah. Well, and, just, and, and another great example on stuff like that, that when you get into the difference between a cover and a remix or a reinterpretation. Well, Sam Smith ripping off. You know, Tom Petty, <laughs> Tom Petty with yeah. that won't back down, which well, is the exact same. The, the, it's not the lyrics, but the melody is exactly the same. Well, so. one of my favorite stories of something like that is anyone that's seen the movie Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Mm-hmm. On that soundtrack, there is a version of a song called God Gave Rock and Roll right. to You. Kiss did it. Right. But for some reason, God they gave changed rock and roll to you too. Two, because the original version was done by a Christian contemporary band called Petra. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, technically, Greg X. Volts, right, but right. Mm-hmm. you know, who are from Nashville? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Petra. Yeah. Uh, but the the versions, the lyrics are completely different, but right. the rhythm and the music is the same. Right. And because they made that change to the title, it's a different song. 
by their rules, I know, I know. by the copyright rules. That's and, a and different I, song. And now I, they lawyers, did, you gotta I, hate them. I get that a little bit. You know, they did still give us, credit on that. Though, all so. three of us sitting here being musicians, I get the fact that like there are only so many notes in a scale, right? And there you know, and chord progressions. And, yeah. And so it's one of those things that like literally, you know, I used to love way back in the day I would do whenever we would all get together like parties and stuff I would do mm-hmm. what I called songs in the key of G and literally I would just <laughs> do no, there's like, a comedy act that yes, does they that. do that now but, yeah. but this was like 20 odd years ago and I would just like start singing I would just start doing like the, that GCD you know blah, blah. One, and it's like okay and start singing one song and then mm-hmm. go right into another one then go right into yep. another one and yeah mm-hmm. and that uh, that I can't remember that comedy act where they do the four chord song yeah, yeah that's like brilliant there's you know a, it's a, I don't know if you ever watched the, the show that was on HBO called Vinyl Yes. But there's a scene in one of those episodes where they're in a studio and this guy grabs a guitar and plays the, you know, for musicians out there, the one, was it one, three, five, one, four, five, one, four, five, one, three, five. Yeah. Yeah. He starts going through those progressions and literally goes through about seven songs. One, four, five. Yeah. Yeah. He he literally goes through about seven songs in a row, never changes his strum patterns. Right. And just sings this different lyrics to it. And it's the same songs. I know. Believe me. Believe me. Yeah. It's one four five day. Believe me, it's okay. <laughs> music theory. It's, it's, like, it's, it's the happy combination. With, with the six I, yeah. minor. I, that's that's I where you to, come into. I need to go back to music theory. I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, you boys ready to throw right, down? Now that we're almost fifteen minutes into this. So. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Okay. I like so those minor keys. We 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 have some rules. There Uh-oh. are some rules. Yeah. So basically, first off, the songs that you guys are going to hear referenced on this are going to be songs that were released as singles by these artists. It's not like necessarily a live cut or something right. somebody did on stage or something like that. They're actually the real versions on them. Most okay, of them did chart. Ask about because that was another thing. Like I didn't, I did do a little bit of the what are considered some of the best, you know, cut or worst covers. Right. And so many things came up that were like. Oh look, this this live thing is, hit YouTube. Somebody did it's like that's not the same. That's not where I'm talking about like actual recordings yep. of stuff. Yeah, so, exactly. Which is a single. Again, goes to back. Something we profit. talked about was the um, the cover of Baker Street by the Foo yes. Fighters, which was actually on off. They did that live in Australia. Well, yep. and they, they recorded it. They yeah. recorded it live though. That's mm-hmm. the whole thing. That what you hear is, and it was a B side to I forget what single it was, but it was an Australian release. Yeah. yeah, and so it was never officially released on anything other than that B side, and it was just a live version of it that they had worked up. Now the Foo Fighters are notorious for working up live versions of stuff on the spot. Oh yeah, while they're yeah. you know, and usually <laughs> really good versions, really good. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I tell you what, have you seen? Before we get into this, have you seen like the videos of? Um, them doing under pressure and it's Taylor Hawkins singing. Yes, and it's like yeah. wow, dude, he actually hits the Freddie Mercury notes. And the, stuff. the amazing, like, yeah, he well, can sing. He well, can and, sing. And one of my favorites is I, I, Joan Jett has been on stage with them several oh, times. Oh, I know. And doing feels like Teen Spirit. Oh yeah. no, no, no! Them doing Cherry Bomb by the Runaways mm-hmm. and hearing Which, Dave getting up on those vocals oh, is just incredible. Yeah. So, all all right. right. All right. So, Let's like I said, thing. there's a couple of rules here. All so right. the first one is these are actually songs that were released as singles. They okay. may not necessarily have been the biggest charters, but they were released. Number two, chart rankings have no play in this. Okay. So one may have been super successful and the other one doesn't, doesn't necessarily make it the better version. Right. And three, I'm going to give you guys a minute or two to kind of go over your point of view on these songs when I bring them up. If you have the I can same, already tell there's going to be an explicit tag on this. <laughs> <laughs> if you have... It'll you know, always be Alan's fault. <laughs> yeah, pretty yes. much. <laughs> if you guys both 
prefer the same version of the song mm-hmm. automatically goes through. Okay. If there's any kind of a debate, if you have one version, you know, let's say you choose the original and Dave chooses the cover, I'm the deciding factor. Okay. All right? Okay, that's fine. Cool. So here is the first one. And some of these you guys are going to know off the bat. One of my personal favorites, the song Hard to Handle, originally done by Otis Redding. Otis Redding. And for most of the people of our generation, they know the version that was done by the Black Crows. So we're going to go ahead and start with Alan on this one. Which Otis one? Redding, you go with the doubt. Otis. I hate that Black Crow's version of that song. Okay. Mainly because it got played to death, for one thing. Okay. But also for the fact that in that same era, there was a better cover of it. Oh, really? Yeah, the Commitment soundtrack. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I tried to stay away from anything that was I know. just. Yeah, I know. It's a I movie know. about a cover band. I know. Exactly. I know. But, but their version, their recorded version is I, better than that. <laughs> I can't disagree with him on that one. But yeah, okay. no, no. I, definitely give me the Otis Redding version. The Otis one. All okay. day long. I love the Black Crows. Don't get me wrong. Yes. Not a big fan of that cover. Um, I got to go with the Black Crows. Okay. I agree it was played to death. God, yes. It drives death. me crazy. If I hear it come on the radio, I will turn it off. Okay. But comparing apples to apples, song to song, I, I wasn't always the biggest Otis Redding fan anyway. Mm-hmm. I was more of a Sam Cooke guy. Fair. And because Otis Redding from time to time could not keep on beat. He could not keep on rhythm. And he must this, really hate Willie Nelson. And <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with Willie Nelson. He drives me insane. But in, in this version of Hard to Handle, when he gets to the part where he's just talking, the music stops and he's just talking, mm-hmm. he stumbles over that speech pattern and it, it is so off rhythm, it pulls me out of it every time. Okay. I like the fact that Black Crows... <laughs> I like the fact that the Black Crows kind of sped it up, made a little bit more up tempo. It's okay. it's a little bit more rocking. Uh, I think he could have probably dirtied the lyrics up a little bit vocal wise, but I in just apples to apples, I've got to go with the Black Crows on this one. All right, we have our first debate. I love it right off the bat. Okay, so I, I'm I'm my point of view on this one. I look at more from a sonic point right. of view. And the Otis Redding version on this sounds very, very, he comes across as almost smooth. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to be, you know, he's trying to lay down his rap. That's what it is. The Black Crows, on the other hand, come across as cocky. Yeah. Just like, you know, I know I am the king of the hill and nobody's going to beat me. Based off that alone, and if you want to throw in the opening, I kind of got to go with the Black Crows on this. That drum beat okay, I just can carries tell it into it. That there's going to be a lot of wrong on this um, <laughs> this episode. You got to hey. love Steve Gorman. Oh man, it's Steve just, Gorman. You got to love him. Did he play on that first album? I thought he did. I'm going to look it up. I don't know that Gorman played on that first album. I could be wrong about that though. So double just, check me. I think yeah. he did. Yeah, uh, like I said, just from I get I get a little I get a little love with uh, Gorman anyway because you know he came Radio. out of Bowling Green. Yeah, yeah. Up around where I'm from in Glasgow. There you go. But yeah, just from a sonic standpoint, it just it, it comes across as more of just that 
brash cockiness you know yes it, it, it brings everybody into the band and it's you know again i love otis redding he's one of my favorite performers of all time but if you're gonna go head to head on this one i gotta go with the black crows so you're an otis you're an otis guy i'm so an I'm, otis guy i'm a sam cook guy i'm a sam I'm cook a, guy i'm a marvin gay guy i mean yeah. you know pretty much anybody that came out in that era i'm all in favor all right on to the next one, gentlemen. He, he's still, sure. he's no, still double checking me. He's going down his rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, go ahead. That's okay. fine. Uh, so the next song is going to be the song "The Tide Is High." Oh, he was in it. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I was I was wrong. No problem. I thought I thought he came in later mm. because I know that like they fired Jeff Sice right after this thing went big, you know, and it, yeah. he was from Nashville, and they that's when they brought in Robin Ford, who stayed with them for. I know he was in there for a long time. And then they fired him. Yeah, but to have a drummer that distinct and somebody who's. And Gorman's a good drummer. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's solid. There's no way. Okay. All All right. right. So the next one is the song The Tide is High. And a lot of people didn't know this is a cover. I had no clue for the longest time. The original artist was called The Paragons. Okay, that's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Not a fan of the, the fiddle. Okay. Wasn't and the version used in a commercial it may have a while been. back? I'm I want to sure. say it was. It's a, okay. But the more notable one, the more the, the one course, that most people yeah. know is, of course, Blondie. Are we sure this isn't Paris Hilton? <laughs> the Paris Hilton of the 70s. <laughs> Hey, we'll get hey. into it. <laughs> Do not insult. Oh, please. That, this, that was my first crush was Debbie Harry. Okay? This, this is one of this, this. This right here is one of the reasons I will debate whether or not Blondie is an actual punk band or not. Right. So. <laughs> I would consider them more new wave than punk. Yeah, but, you know, hey. a pop band is what they are. All right. Well, so we, both the Talking Heads and Blondie came out of exactly, that. Exactly. The punk CBGB scene. kind yeah. of feel. All right. So this time we're going to start with Dave on this one. Dave, what I'm do you think? I'm going Blondie. Going Blondie. Right out of the bat. Okay. Uh, right out of the gate, rather. Um, it's just... Sonically, it's better. Rhythmically, it's better. It's it's temporary. <laughs> okay, it's, he's it's hard to argue with that. Can I say I don't like either one of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. From a sonic standpoint, sonically, the Blondie version is better, and it probably has a lot. It has a lot more to do with the the production. You probably when it was recorded, you know, and all that stuff. How right. much money they had to record with, True. you know, and all better producers and you know engineers and all that so yeah i mean uh, sonically i will give you the blondie version i just don't like the song and that's so. fair and that's fair <laughs> you know I, I think the paragons version does have some merit on it right it, it's a totally different sound it almost sounds like an old 50s doo-wop group right. doing it yeah and that's that's one of those things you never would think of that song that, in that, that form fiddle right off the bat was yeah i know i can, I can see the cringe so, just like, all right. oh, yeah. so we have our first agreement there Sweet. you go all right now this one, this, tentatively. Yeah, tentatively. Of <laughs> that <course>. was a... <laughs> this is I can one, flip on that one real easily. So. This is one I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. The right. song Higher Ground, originally done by Stevie Wonder. Okay. Their head's bobbing all around the studio right now. Oh, come on, long, Steve. Get, get into it. Huh? <laughs> 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 
Delta, yeah. And yeah. Uh, of course, the the more modern version is the Red Hot Chili Peppers version, off of Mother's Milk. Yep. Yeah. This was kind of the song that introduced a lot of people to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to trade back over. Okay. Give me your opinion. I'm going to say this up front before before we get into this. Flea's your cousin. I think that... No, (laughs) I think that 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 Chili Peppers version of this song Mm -hmm. is probably one of the better covers that's ever been done of a song. Okay. In general. But... Yes. You can never... I'm sorry... Outside of if somebody actually went and covered, I just called to say I love you and made it good, <laughs> you can never do better than Stevie Runder when it comes to recovering one of his songs. Okay. So I'm going with the Stevie version. He's going with Stevie. See, for me, this is one of those cases to where both artists did a really good job with the song. True. Um, and kind of made it their own. Mm-hmm. And I, I really kind of hate pitting them against each other. And, you know, it, it's Stevie Wonder. True. Mm-hmm. But the metalhead in me gonna go chili peppers. is going to go Chili Peppers. <laughs> okay. All right. So even though they're not even a metal band. No, as you were saying, yeah, they're, they're a funk band. But, it's like, yeah. it's like, <laughs> but it, it has a punk it, it definitely punk, has, a, it has a especially because of the way they did it at the metal. end of it when they, like, they double time it. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, it really is like, you know, I just... Okay, that's, that's okay. The, the, no, no. the the Stevie one kind of you know it makes me bob my head. I'm like, yeah, this is enjoyable. The Chili Peppers makes me want to get up and like mosh around a little bit. Okay, we're, we're old Dave will break a hip. <laughs> Screw you. Well, the funny thing is, it's not necessarily going to be his hip. I know. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so again, we have our debate. So I'm going to be the tiebreaker. Um, I have to. I kind of got his side with Alan on this one. I uh, there's something about the Stevie Wonder version. Is it the? I think he's playing a clavinet. Clavinet at the beginning of it. That, it's just yeah. something so intoxicating. It pulls you into it. Right. It makes you want to stay around. Not to knock on the Chili Peppers. I'm a bass player, so you hear that right. intro, you're naturally going to go to it. But yeah, I it just something about the way that the vocals are produced on that, or you know. that's what I was going to get to yeah. because. Stevie Wonder is just a phenomenal singer. Oh yeah, and it's very distinctive. Like you, all oh, you have to yeah. do is, hear, no. is like hear him sing I'm, one note, and you're like, "Oh, that's Stevie." I'm mm-hmm. I'm not trying to take anything away from Stevie. I think he's a, again with what yeah. you said though. Like going to the Chili Peppers, like and, and what I said earlier. Yeah. I think that the Chili Peppers version of this song is one of the better covers oh, that have ever it's been a phenomenal done. Song. Yeah. You know? it's a phenomenal. But song. it is also one of those things where it is when you break it down into its parts, mm-hmm. and especially once you get to the vocals. I know that Anthony Kiedis is doing what he can do and it really works for their version of the song yeah. but you just cannot top he's punching Stevie. outside of his weight right class. you just cannot yeah. now that being you know? said I can literally count the songs that I like from the Chili Peppers on one hand exactly overall I, I, I don't I, I don't think they're that I, great I know I they're know, that I great know. I think they've got some great songs right. but yeah. they're it's probably I'm gonna probably pull those four or five songs off of the albums that they've got and right. put it in a playlist instead of buying the whole well, album. That's, that's the, the Chili Peppers is another one of those like they have a really they're a really good band. Yeah. Yes. Okay. They're Let's solid. put it this way: of the of of that lineup of the Chili Peppers, because yeah. you know, there's been because they've gone through so many guitar players over yeah. the year, you know. But of that lineup, that three out of the four people in that band are exceptional 
And then you got Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> yeah. And, and Anthony Kiedis isn't a bad singer necessarily. No, he's not it's a just, good singer either. It's, it's one like, of those things. They have a sound. They do. And they've established yeah, that they sound. They absolutely so, do. You know. so, and, and that's a, it is what it, it is. And but, one of the other songs that I love from them is a, it, it's actually another cover. It's a love roller coaster. Yes. That's not bad. The Ohio players. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not a bad, that's not a bad cover. And actually I, I kind of like that version better, but I saw that from the Beavis and Butthead to America. Yes. soundtrack. I know, yes. so I know, I know, I know. Okay. All right. The next one, this one's going to get interesting because okay. I know the passions for a particular artist that one person at this table has. Oh, no. The Man Who Sold the World. The original version, of course, David Bowie. David Bowie. While it was on the MTV Unplugged album, it still counts as a cover because it, it was, was released, released as a single. single. I know. That's Nirvana. All right, Dave. Kick us off. Bowie. Going Bowie. All right. It, it just... It's just got a creepier feel to it. I think mm-hmm. the song's got to have a little creep factor. It, it's Bowie. Okay. And yeah, it's we're, we're already going to both agree on this because I know what you're going to say. Okay, so I have a David Bowie tattoo. Yes, I know. And uh, I absolutely love David Bowie. However, this is not one of my favorite songs by him. Okay. And I'm not doing this to be contrary, and I actually like the Nirvana version better than Bowie's Really? Version. Yes. Okay. And it's funny because, like, any time that I'm thinking of this song, like, oh, I want to hear that, mm-hmm. the version that's playing in my head is the Nirvana, is the Nirvana version. Now, some of that may be the fact that it got played so much well, when I was, yeah, you know. Yeah. You know True. And, I, and I've probably heard that version more than Bowie's version. Mm-hmm. I don't like what they do with his vocals on on the that's See, that's one of my big things and, and I, I know there is a creep factor to there's it, a whatever, creep factor but it's just I I guess it's that that mid 70s you know hey we're going to experiment with you know different stuff or whatever See, I but love I that just, I love I, what they did to his vocals yeah, I love I, I think mean, they could have pulled that effect back a little yes, bit yes uh, I especially love that that slightly overdriven fuzz bass line yeah, that's I, going I, I on get, in I, there and okay. there's, there's a lot to, to love in the Bowie version but I honestly I, I gotta give it. Nirvana. I gotta give it Nirvana. Okay, okay. You know, I mean, it's as much as I love Bowie, and it really kind of pains me to no, <laughs> say anybody else honest, did a did you know? a did a, a better version than he did. I mean, that's now. You know, I've heard some live versions of them. You know, of him. You know, doing that. It's much better. Yeah. But we're just going on this. The so album cut. Yeah. And and okay, so I'm the tiebreaker here. Both of these songs have merits and flaws to mm-hmm. them. You have the the way overdriven vocal line to the Bowie version. You have kind of the mush mouth singing that right. Nirvana did. But every time I hear the Bowie version, I feel like there's something that's like off on one of the settings of my right. stereo. So right. I have to figure out, okay, why is it sounding like this? Whereas the Nirvana one, it just kind of sounds, it sounds like somebody singing on the back porch. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of got to go to Nirvana. 
Mm-hmm. I got to go with okay. the Nirvana version. Like, on like I said, I, I hate to go against Bowie because no, and I'm a Bowie, Bowie so fan much. Too. <laughs> I don't think I, that's that's the very reason why I was curious to see what was going to happen on this one. Bet you didn't see that coming. No, I absolutely <laughs> did not. Because I, I actually really like that version of the yeah, song. Okay. okay, all right. The next one. It's uh, it's kind of an older song, but okay. uh, the song is called "Love Hurts." I didn't know this was a cover. I did not either. And this is yeah. the Everly Brothers. And the oh, oh, oh no, Dave that's not the it. Wrong that's, <laughs> no, that my tablet is acting up. Let's Uh-oh. see if I can go back to where it was. Here. Yeah, All right, we got it. Okay. And the, the, the more well known version is the Nazareth version. Right, from 70. Mid 70s. 75, yeah, 76, something like that. that. Yeah. All right, Alan. What's your thoughts on this? So I'm a little torn on this one because (laughs) I really love that Nazareth version of this. Mm -hmm. Like, it's probably one of my. I have many times on here talked about how much like I am just burnt out on classic rock. Yeah. In general, but that song for some reason has endured through all of it. Agree. You know, and uh, it's also on the the Days and Confused soundtrack, and you know that kind of stuff. And I love it, but. The Everly Brothers with that, what they call the blood vocals. Yes. Know, the, the blood harmonies. I blood mean, harmonies, you know, yeah. with the whole being brothers and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. got that. And it's it's comparing apples to oranges in a lot of ways, like with, with, between one to the other. Okay. Because they are, I mean, it. you can tell they're the same song. Yeah. But they definitely have a whole different it's a whole feel, feel to it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I, I, maybe just because I haven't heard it as much, I'm going to go with the Everly Brothers version. Oh, okay. I mean, that's, that's because it's, right. it's kind of like I've heard the other version so many times, and I, I didn't know for the longest time that it was a cover. Mm-hmm. And so listening to the Everly Brothers version, I'm like, I kind of this. It sounds fresh to me, yeah. you know, for even though it's an older version. So I can see I that. Yes, yeah. So okay. I'm going to go with the Everly, and also those harmonies. Yeah, it's oh, hard to beat those. So good. Yeah. So. Now I love the Ever Everly Brothers. Right. You know I love all that stuff, but the Everly Brothers version of it to me sounds like a guy who's never had a girlfriend explaining to his <laughs> buddy who just broke up with his girl. <laughs> you know, love hurts. <laughs> it hurts. So you're saying it's it's all the guys in say anything standing outside and they know you know what's wrong with women. You know, yeah, blah, blah, blah. exactly. <laughs> Why okay. are you guys sitting out now, here on the Saturday the night? The Nazareth <laughs> the Nazareth version right. sounds like the guy who's singing it has had his heart carved out of his chest. I by a woman with a spoon. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And I just, you can tell the pain and the torture is there in that one. And I love that version The the bridge on that, when he knows, you know, some fools fool themselves Mm -hmm. and they're not fooling Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. There is a, there is a, a pain in that vocal yeah. that, you know, is like, okay, yeah. He, he's I, literally I had his woman carve his heart out of his chest with a spoon. I yeah. will tell you one thing about that song that kind of, 
bugs me, has always kind of bugged me a little yeah. bit, is, man, they put way too much chorus on that guitar. <laughs> <laughs> now you're yeah. getting into technicalities. I know, I know. So. And, and it's not enough to like make me not like the song, but that's always kind of been one of those, like, oh, they needed to back that off just a little bit. All right. So, right. Anyway, tiebreaker. So what's going okay. on here? So, and again, you guys both make great arguments on mm-hmm. this one. I adore the sound from the Everly Brothers. Mm-hmm. I think that those, those blood harmonies are... If not the best, some of the best. Them and the Luger brothers. I'm sorry, it's ever been down to. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, just there's so many you know family acts that have come out that have got that natural harmony, but nobody did it like Don and Phil. Mm -hmm. And you know that being said, it's a very very pretty song. Mm -hmm. The Nazareth version, on the other hand, there is nothing about that song that is pretty. Nothing. It is just raw. You hear the guy's voice break multiple times when he's singing. You hear those just kind of, you, you almost get lost in the music at the back of it because you're just like, dude, are you okay? Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. So I kind of got to go with the Nazareth version on this one just because it's got that. I'm that, not upset about any of it. Oh, no, no. Oh, no this no. one in particular, you know? Yeah, this, these are that's why I chose here's, these because these are tough ones. Here's the know? question I have. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear the um, Ann and Nancy Wilson version of this? I have not. I have to okay. check that one out. No, they I'm... they did it in, in was it ninety four when they opened the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know they had that big concert. Yeah, and, and they came out and did an acoustic version of that song. That is Ooh, which Ann I have Wilson to look that up. just her power and her voice. Oh, and of yeah. course, again, it's that whole the sister that family. Mm-hmm. You know the harmonies and stuff. It was so good. Yeah. So. Nice. Actually, I think that was when they were like doing the love mongers stuff. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. But, you know, so anyway, so. All right. So the next one, a lot of people know one version or the other of this song. The song is called Torn, and the original okay. was uh, Edna Swap. Yes. It's so funny to tell people this is a cover. I know. Like, what? Huh? Like, no, 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 it is. It's a... And then I make them listen to this original one. Right. Because... It's got a really long intro. It does. It does. <laughs> Let me get into it a little bit here. But I saw a man brought to life. Yeah, he was warm. It came around like he was dignified. Is this a live version? No. Really? That's the okay. album cut. Okay. No, I... I thought it, it like kicks in here in a little bit though. Oh yeah, it? yeah, yeah. We'll, I mean, it's we'll, a full band. We'll yeah. come back to that right. in just a minute. The other version, more modern version, is Natalie and Brulia. Yes, 1998. You could not get away from this song. <laughs> I'm still trying to get away from this piece of garbage. <laughs> so we know what Dave feels about yes. this one. Yeah, it's enough of that. Yeah, we're good. Natalie All right, Dave. <laughs> um, As if we didn't already know. I'm, I'm going back to this because this is the reason right here that I like this version better. Okay. Give it just a second. No problem. It definitely has a darker feel to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the sucker punch. That's the one you don't see coming. That right there okay. is how this song is supposed to sound. Okay. Not this 
happy, clappy, oh, I had my heart broken. This is so good. Mm-hmm. No. No, screw Natalie and Brilliant. Wow. All right. For ruining that song. <laughs> so we know how Dave feels about this. Your uh, thoughts, sir. I actually like the Natalie and Brilliant version. Get out. <laughs> I'm not even joking. And that's not... I've I've always like I've always liked that wow. Natalie and Bruley. A lot of it has to do with the production on it, really and truly. If you listen, like when they're doing like the slide guitar and mm-hmm. everything, you know, like towards the end of it. Now I get it. It's it's a completely one eighty. Oh yeah, from the original. Yeah. I mean, completely yeah. one eighty. But I honestly think that the structure of the Edna Swap version mm-hmm. could have been done a lot better. Okay, um, I disagree. I it, it's. I knew it. brothers fighting brothers. I love it. <laughs> it's I don't. They could have done more. Let's just put it that way. Okay, it, it they could have done the more. Emotion in it. It has the rawness yeah, in it. It's got the emotion. The it raw, finally has the there's anger a, in it. There, there's a fine line between raw and sloppy, and that coming from Mr. Punk Rock guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. There whatever. is there, there is a fine line between raw and sloppy, and they kind of step over that line quite a bit in their version. I so fully disagree. Uh, and right. I'll be honest, I like Natalie Brulee's vocals better. <laughs> and it is that whole it is that whole You're right. It's a very poppy song. It's it very sounds polished. very blah, blah blah. But it does that thing that a lot of good pop music does where it on the surface Mm-hmm. It's this, you know, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, but then you look at the lyrics, and there are, especially at the like, she is no the Smiths. No, she's not. <laughs> no, I agree with that. No, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. we're gonna, no Morrissey. Okay, we're we're, we're getting the Morrissey of it all. all right. You know, we we have a, we have determined that we like the Smiths. We hate Morrissey. Okay, well, I mean that's yeah, that, the, we've both come you know, to that agreement. That, that's yeah, the, I, I, I can get on board with that. Um. But I, I, I do. I don't know. I, I have a special place in my heart for that song, and I, I always have and I always will. And, yeah. and um, all right, one so, man's garbage, I guess. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and and you both make very valid. And admittedly, I listen to yeah. a lot of crap. So it's, uh, I'll <laughs> yes, say it. I have said that openly. So I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of, I was torn on this one because I no I, pun I, intended. Yeah, exactly. Aha, uh-huh, funny. <laughs> Nothing's right. You're torn. <laughs> yeah, he'll be here all week, folks. Try the veal. Remember anyway. the nine thirty show is different than the seven thirty show. Yes, it gets a little blue. So a little? Uh, <laughs> he did already put the warning on this one. Um, I've, I've listened to the Edna Swap version. I've listened to the Imbruglia version. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations, Alan. I think you just broke Dave. Talk about listening to crap. Wow. Jeez. Oh. All right. So, like I said, I've listened to both versions of them, and both of them have great merit. You right. know, I, I do think the Edna Swap version, it seems a little schizophrenic to me, mm-hmm. just because it does, it's like it doesn't define what it is until about halfway through the song. Yeah. So, the Imbruglia version, I kind of got to give some mad respect to this just because it is so different, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it can stand on its own being so different. You know, it's it's almost like if somebody took War Pigs and turned it into a love song. <laughs> I would murder the person. Exactly. That did I that. mean, it's it's just so odd. And I but, will say this from driving, from, yeah. from, from from driving doing rideshare. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you, you want to see a car full of white girls come unglued? Mm-hmm. Play that, play the Natalie and Brulia song, and, and, and all of a sudden yeah. they are in f- like full vocals, like everybody's like you know just in there. So. And it's <laughs> it's definitely you know it's definitely something that stands on its own merit. So yeah, I, it's, I a, it's gotta, a woo girl song. It is. It is a woo girl song. It is very much a woo girl song. But I got to go with the Imbruglia version. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I do. And I, I love like, the other version too. And don't too, get me wrong. Yeah. I like the, I like the Edna Swap version. Mm-hmm. I just think that they could have gone back for another pass. I'm, it, I'm disgusted by least. both of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the first time you've said something like that. To True. Me. So it's like a, Are you that kidding? won't be the last time this week you say That's something like that. That's not the like first that. time today he said something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I so, just want to make sure you know how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you torn, Dave? Yeah. Are you a little torn? No, and on this point, not at all. <laughs> I was a little late. Anyway. Um, yeah. All right. So getting close to the halfway point here. <laughs> the next song. And again, this is one that's very polarizing. It depends on when you grew up and what version you heard. I, I said this whole before you go into the next one. I, I told Dave this in our last episode, which will actually be up before this, that if I ever if I ever write a, mem- a memoir about mm-hmm. driving for a ride share, the title of it's going to be Car Full of White Girls. <laughs> wow. It's <laughs> a great title. I mean, you can't argue with it. It's either going to be that or Vomit in the Back Seat, one of the two. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a subtitle. Yeah, oh, there you go. Exactly, exactly. It's amazing how those go hand in hand. <laughs> Car Full right. of White Girls. <laughs> vomit in the Back Seat. All right. So the next song is the song Valerie. No, not the Steve Winwood version. The original we artist talk was about that. Okay. The Zutons. Yes. Now, the next one is technically Mark Ronson but, with Amy Winehouse, right. but everybody associates it with Amy Winehouse. Right. So, and it has a very long intro, so. I love that bass sound. Though. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. All right, Dave. I I really like the Amy Winehouse song, mm-hmm. the version of this. Um, I had not heard the original before. I didn't yeah. realize it was a cover. Mm-hmm. And after hearing the cover or the the original, I've like added it to three different playlists. <laughs> I, and I've gone to go out and you know find some more of their music. Yeah, so I, this good stuff. Yeah. This actually helped me find a new band. There you go. Uh, once again, this is probably you know the same with you because it's more fresh. I've, I've got to go with the Zootons on this. Zootons. One. I'm going right. to also go with the Zootons on Zootons this. Zootons all around. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you the reason why. There's a couple of things. Um, first, I'm not a big Amy Winehouse fan. Like, yeah, she. I mean, it's one of those things where like it really irritates me mm-hmm. whenever people start talking about the supposed. 27 club and they put her in it because the thing is when you look at all the other people who are in the 27 club they did something that changed music amy winehouse all she did was what 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 uh white women have been doing for years which is going and listening to soul on the side and they're going to do that (laughs) and then like just ripping it off okay i mean you could say the same thing about the rolling stones i know i know know, with the blues and I, i agree with that but but the thing is is that I'll tell you one of the reasons I really don't like their her version or the Mark Ronson version or whatever. It reminds me way too much of that fucking Phil Collins version of You Can't Buy Me Love. 
uh, you know, I never or drew not the, can't buy me love, but uh, uh, can't hurry love, can't hurry love. Okay, yeah. and yeah. I'm like, no, I, I I never would have drawn that 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 parallel until you just said it. And now that you've said it, I yeah, can't, now you I can't see unhear it. it. Yeah. Exactly. I can't unhear that. You know, yeah. <laughs> and the Zutons version, it, it's it's a little grimy. It is, and that's yeah. what yeah. I, I like kind of liked about it is that you know the, the Winehouse and don't get me wrong, I actually kind of like the sound that Amy Winehouse can produce because it kind of has that old '40s feel to it. Exactly, yeah. I get a lot of Shirley Bassey. I get a lot of you know that kind of era and in modern day form which is I love that mm-hmm. but there's something special about the Zutons version of it it sounds like it was made in somebody's garage mm-hmm. with like everybody in the neighborhood playing their own instruments yeah. you know right, and it right. just it's there's something special about mm-hmm. that and it really really comes together well I agree mm-hmm. hey uh, unanimous I think hey, is that the that, first that's one the first that's the first unanimous one, one. Yeah, there so, you yeah. go yeah this one is going to be interesting because okay. I'd be willing to bet a lot of people didn't know this was a cover I love rock and roll. Oh, yeah. Originally done by The Arrows. And, of course, the more modern version, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. You mean the better version, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be correct, yes. Okay. Kick yeah, it off, Since this Dave and I both just... Yeah, yeah I, it's like, I, yeah, I think this is version. kind of a unanimous one. This is know? a, you know, sometimes... Don't get me wrong, the original version is good. Yeah. But sometimes someone takes a song that's already good and makes it better. Agreed, yeah. And that... And, and not only makes it better, but says, okay, that's mine now. And that's what, exactly what Joan Jett did with this. Yeah, I yeah. mean, because it's one of those things that I guarantee you, outside of the, you know, because there's always one in every crowd, if you have a, a room full of people and you put on the, the original version of it. Yeah. They're gonna think it's a cover. People are like, "Oh, somebody's doing it." And there's gonna, but there's gonna be that one guy who's like, uh, "Actually, this is the original, and this is the superior version because you know." And and then it's gonna. I think he, <laughs> Dave. I think he's making fun of me. I'm pretty sure he's making fun of me. No, I was gonna say that sounded more like somebody from um, what was that Cusack movie? movie with oh yeah, the High Fidelity. Yeah, High Fidelity, yeah, which was actually the inspiration for this whole thing. Oh, there oh, you really? go. Yeah, yeah, nice. So so it's it's one of those things that like you know, like I said, there's always that one guy, but. I'm sorry, Joan Jett just took this song and made it hers, and uh, and and it's just kind of one of those like, no, we don't even talk about the other one any longer. And the thing yeah. about it is, is that sometimes you write a song mm-hmm. and you record it, and you're like, yeah, this is it, and it, somebody goes, yeah, but what if you did this and this and this? And right. They just, you know, sometimes a song is not right for a certain group, right? right. And exactly. When, when another exactly. group gets a hold of it, mm-hmm. it takes it to that next level. Well, or you just mean, completely reinvent. You mean like yeah. Sadly and Brutally did with uh, Torn? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can see some friendships are going to get broken up over this one. Uh, <laughs> you know, just because you're completely wrong. <laughs> All right. Moving on. All right. The next one's going to be kind of interesting. This one is the song Girl, You'll Be a Woman okay. Soon. Okay. Originally, Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. And the remake was done by Urge Overkill. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. 
as Alan is over here doing his best Uma like, Thurman impression. It, it, and all of a sudden, I have the urge to snort some heroin thinking that it's coming. <laughs> Hot, warmer, disco. Yeah, disco. All right, Dave, which one? Urge Overkill, hands down. Okay. Uh, Neil Diamond is a great songwriter. He's a great performer. Mm-hmm. Um, with good his singer, ver- too. Good yeah. singer. Yeah. But with his version of it, if you listen to that rhythm guitar part, it's very straight ahead. Yeah. It's very straight ahead. And with Urge Overkill, they almost put a swing into it. Yeah, it has almost like a uh, a Spanish feel. Has a yeah. flamenco. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Flamenco yeah. sound. It, it, there, there is. That's the, I was going to say the way that the way that that strumming pattern is in the in the Neil Diamond version. It's very flamenco. Mm-hmm. But then it again when you're talking yeah. about Urge Overkill, it's like it's still the feel is there. The feel is there, but, but it's it's got a swing to it. it they're playing within the the time signature. A I bit. They're they're kind love. of. Neil Diamond. They're kind of pushing mm-hmm. and swinging in the. I yeah. love yeah. Neil Diamond, but Urge Overkill owns this song. Now. Yeah, I mean, I, that I, is. Uh, now again, that could be our Gen X, you know, being because I, mean, I was all obvious. I mean, I grew up listening to Neil Diamond because my mom's a huge fan. Yeah, so it's one of those things that like I already knew the song long before Urge Overkill covered it. Sure, but when I heard it the first time, I was like, "Oh, this is good." You had oh, a sparkly yeah. shirt I was like, in your like, closet, wow. didn't you? You had one of those sparkly shirts in your closet. Okay. Admit it. At one point, yeah. yeah we, I did. We I'll both did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to do Rambling Rosie, you got to have a sparkly shirt. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that, that's what you wear when you come into America. America everywhere around yeah. the world. <laughs> oh, and the thing is, you can't sing one of his songs without doing the voice. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So I, I definitely agree. The Urge Overkill, it... it it brings it into a little bit of a darker element too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's more the vocals. Yeah. You know, Neil sounds like he's really trying to, to plead a case to a woman. Whereas Nash Cato, Nash Cato just, I mean, when he he's comes just out telling on those vocals, it's, it's just, just like, yeah, it's, it's a matter a, of fact, you, this is the story. You, there's no debating on this, right. you know? Right. And so. if you haven't gone and listened to any of the urge overkill stuff, at least pick up saturation mm-hmm. and enter the dragon. Yes. That's you, great th- album. Those are required, mm-hmm. you know, listening to put in your CD collection. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't I, have Enter the Dragon, but Saturation is a great album. You need so to pick up like, Enter yeah. the Dragon okay. because that, that's got some great stuff on it. Okay. All right. So the next one, again, probably didn't know this was a cover. The song I Go Blind, originally done by a band called 5440. I did not know this was a cover. Okay. And the okay. cover version, Hootie and the Blowfish. Do you know what this was on? Oh, it's been on a lot of stuff. But it was on the Friends soundtrack. Was it really? Yeah, the original, I Who goes first on this? You one? do, sir. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, I always like this version of it. Like, I, the first time I heard this Hootie and the Blowfish version, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, I really, I really dig this." I did not know for years that it was a cover. Yeah. Having been exposed to the original version, Hootie mm-hmm. and the Blowfish didn't do anything new to this whatsoever. Yeah, it's very even the vocal affectations are almost exactly the same. And I'm like, I got to go with the original on this the one. 5440? That, yeah, I got to okay. go with 5440 on okay. this one well, because I, I yeah. 
And I know you don't like Darius Rucker's vocals, so I mean that's... Well, I, I was just going to say, not only does Hootie and the Blowfish suck, but evidently their choices in songs that they cover suck also. Oh, wow. I, I hate both of these equally. Okay. Wow. Fair enough. And, and to me, this was almost a push yeah. because it's... They're so Off close. a cliff, I hope. <laughs> that's all I can well, I mean, set it, that it one up for you, like, Dave. It's like they didn't even try. They yeah. were just, it's kind of like, and I don't think it's on your list, it's kind of like... Well, the, no, uh, no, you just summed up Hootie and the Blowfish in one they didn't sentence. even try. They didn't even try. <laughs> um, it, it's almost like the um, the no doubt cover of uh, "It's My Life." I yeah. talk, talk. Honestly, there is no difference in that except it's a, a female, female vocal instead of a, yeah, yeah. That's the only. As difference far as I know, like, she pulled a karaoke track. And I know. Just did I mean, it in the it studio. Just, so, but yeah. I, I mean, yeah, and and it's one of those things that you know I don't think that if you're going to cover somebody's song, you have to like make it totally different, but you have to do something. To, so yeah, I True. mean it's one of those things that like I like the song. I, I really do like the song. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that was that was what attracted me to it to begin with. Mm. Of like, wow, this is actually a really decent song. You know, like I know you don't like it, but it, it appealed to me. The fact that it was, and I don't, I, I have a spotty history with Hootie and the Blowfish. Like I like some of their stuff. Like I, I think. Cracked review was good, you know. It's it's a good, you know, frat boy. It was good whatever. for its time. It was, you know, and there and there's a couple of songs on there I really love to this mm-hmm. day. Overall, I'm not a huge fan of theirs, right? You know, but I always did like this song. So well, the way I looked at it is, Hootie and the Blowfish kind of established their sound very mm-hmm. early on, mm-hmm. and it just so happens yes. that their sound is exactly <laughs> the same thing as 5440. <laughs> yeah, they they yeah. they established their sound as a college frat boy cover band. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But you I mean, know, and again, like, there's a market for it. Yeah. There are people that like that. Yeah. I'm not going to you know crap on anybody on this. There's there's uh, a lot no, of people no, who they, make they, a good living. They doing no, that. they established their sound as a college frat boy cover band slash hey you've I'm got a, a guitar I'm a, no <laughs> hey i'm an age I'm, a, I'm an aging boomer i'm cool i'm hip i'm listening to hootie and the blowfish <laughs> wow, wow, wow. <laughs> take that fuckers <laughs> man i knew this was gonna be a sore spot with him i knew it <laughs> That's all right. I think we're going to get this back on track with the next one here because this one is very polarizing. Fuck you, Dad. (laughs) You're not my real father. Um, I'm Doug, and I'm out of here. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for pulling up a state reference. We haven't... uh, Somewhere I've got that on DVD in my house. You know what's bad? Okay, quick side note. Yes, sir. I loved the state when it was on the air. Oh, yeah. That DVD is terrible because they didn't have the licensing right to all the music. And so they had to like pull all of it out because, you know, MTV could use anything they wanted to. But then when they went to DVD, they're like, we can't afford the music, the the rights for this. It was the same thing with Beavis and Buddy. Yeah, a lot of that. Daria, a lot of that stuff. It's like, oh, okay. Anyways, go ahead. All right. So the next one, and again, this is going to hit a special place in all of our young hearts. Smoking in the boys' room. Originally done by the Brownsville Station. Yep. If this stupid thing will run. Uh-oh. What's going on here? Are we experiencing technical difficulty? We appear to be. Hang on a second. Let me reboot this thing. <laughs> there we go. How you doing out there? You ever seen there one of those days where it just seems like everybody's getting on your case from your teacher all the way down to your best girlfriend? Well, you know, I used to have them just about all the time. But I found a way to get out of it. Take it to the drop. All right. And the modern version? Yeah, please. Thank you. Motley Crue. Hold on, I'm getting a coffee oh, refill. Oh, oh. We have to refill the coffee. 
his his cup of morning blood. Thank you. <laughs> I, I get cranky when there's too much blood in my coffee stream. I understand. Here we go. Uh, make sure I've got the right channel again. There we go. Woo! Yeah. All right, Dave. Motley Crue. Going to go Crue, all right. Yeah, that Motley Crue's his favorite band, so it's whatever. Well, it's, yeah. It's one of my favorite bands, yeah, so that's going to be Crue. Okay. Um, the Brownsville Station sounds like he's already smoked way too much weed, and he's not able to kind of keep up with everything else that's going on. He's like, yeah, dude, like, whatever. Like, I'm going to the brass room. I'm going to smoke something. and Okay. Motley Crue's like, in the boys' room. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> they didn't say what they were smoking in yeah. the boys' room. He's got a point. Motley, <laughs> Motley Crue's kind of pissed off about what's going on during their day. It's like, I'm out of here. All right. What about it, Alan? Mm, can I blow up both of these? <laughs> <laughs> you don't like it. I don't, I don't like this song, for one thing. Well, Motley okay. Crue didn't like this song either. No, they, they were forced they, to and cover this song quite honestly, for Theater Pain. Quite honestly, mm-hmm. uh, the, the better Motley Crue cover is their version of Jailhouse Rock that's on Girls, Girls, Girls. Or their Helter Skelter's really good. Uh, Helter Skelter's better. I don't like Jailhouse Rock cover. I don't like, I, I like that cover. I like Jailhouse Rock better. Uh, but I, I I would have to go with the Motley Crue version if I were going to go with one. Because okay. It, it's, it, it is. I mean, it's like... The Brownsville Station version is too mellow rock. Yeah. 70s mellow gold, you know, okay. for me. And I just, yep. I can't. So this is a first. This is a first where you two agree and I disagree with you. Because I would have gone with the Brownsville Station re- version for one reason. I'm not saying either one of them are good. No, no, okay. no, no. <laughs> here's, here's, here's my argument on this, okay? All right. The Brownsville Station version, it sounds like to me a bunch of greasers sitting in the back. They're talking about the worst possible thing they could have done. You know, smoking in the boys' room. And then you hear Motley Crue, you know damn well that's not the worst thing that oh, Motley no. Crue's ever done, you know? That, that should have been, no, like, this is an everyday of, been like, this exactly. Is, we do this every day. That, exactly. That's their the, version should have been doing rails in the boys' room or something. What, you know, what, what's wow. the, what is the line from Street Fighter? That was the most important day of your life for me. It was Tuesday. Right. You know, that's kind of the way that they look no, at no, it. No, no, For me, yep. it was Tuesday. Exactly, you know? <laughs> you've got you've to do the, so the Raul Julia. Just the fact that they're yeah. throwing everything they have into this song everything because that is their defining moment and crew is just like we're getting paid for this right yeah oh i know i know and they they openly even back then talked about not wanting to do the song and, oh, yeah. then, and then the record label released it as a as, as a single as yeah. a single and it and actually just, charted i know you know and it was yeah. all right so yeah. so that's a first this yeah. is the first time i disagreed with you two all mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. the next one this is going to hit you hard alan red red wine Originally, Neil Diamond. Mm-hmm. Go to my head. Make me forget that I... And of course, the UB40 version. Yeah. Alright, cut this shit. Okay. <laughs> First off. What is it with a bunch of pasty white Brits that want to do reggae? I mean, I, seriously, I, I it's it's a long-standing tradition for some fucking reason. And okay, and the thing is, I don't even like the, I don't even like Neil Diamond's version of this. Okay, right? But I'm going with Neil Diamond because just out of spite. Fuck, fuck UB40. Okay, everything they've ever done. 
Which is mostly covers anyway. It's all covers. Oh, it's all covers. It's all covers, and it's all terrible. So it just... I'm sorry. Am I not getting my point across here? <laughs> I think you're being a little too subtle. Um, <clears throat> Dave, your thoughts? UB40. Wow. All right. Okay, what's the I, reason I, for I, I like Neil Diamond. I do not like that version of that song. I just okay. don't, I'm not I, a big fan of the song I don't, in general. I don't I mean, like it. A, yeah. The UB40 thing, I, I like it. It's got a little bounce to it. Mm-hmm. it. It sounds like he's probably sitting. Do you like the rap in the middle? That, <laughs> uh, he feels like he's probably sitting in a pub somewhere drinking his problems away while he's recording this song. Okay. See, I, I got a different impression on that. And that's and I, I kind of side with Alan on this, maybe not quite as passionately, <laughs> but it's the idea, you know, when I heard the I will two say versions, this again, I've only reserved this to certain things. Yeah, yeah. Just most of the Wanker songs cunts. I'm, okay. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Most wow. of the songs on my list. We're, is going we're not right gonna after be you. able to put this episode out the way you've been this this time. I usually only reserve that for Radiohead. Man. You're you're, <laughs> you're like out of control with the language today, pal. Oh my gosh. But yeah, my, my argument on this one is if you listen to the, the Neil Diamond version of it, it, you could hear this guy's just hurting. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. just pouring it out. No, the, the and, UB version 40, or the UB, UB version 40, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Do you know where they got that name from? I don't care. It's a, uh, it was uh, a tax form. I, I don't really. Was yes, it tax or was tax it, um, I thought it was like. Uh, uh, I don't really like the anyway. band. I like that version of you. This song, he's like. You can tell he's probably like three bottles in at this point. Mm-hmm. I just it, it, it was way too over polished. It was way too over processed, and to all me, it I just have to lost say, all the emotion. So one name, one name. So I got to remember mm-hmm. okay. Brett Kavanaugh. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> when 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 you're when you're sitting before Congress trying to get you know. Uh, get uh, uh, approved to the, the Supreme Court and it comes up that you got in a fight at a fucking UB40 concert. <laughs> I thought uh, we had agreed to try to leave politics out of this. I'm uh, just talking about how pathetic is that? Well, you got into a fight at a UB40 I, concert. I, I okay? Can't, I can't just I mean, seriously. Yeah, it, it, yeah, that's a little milk toast. But I was about to say, a you, little? You get, no, you get no street cred for a fight at a UB40 concert. No. That's negative street cred right there oh is what gosh. that is. All, no. right. All right. I stand by what I said. Okay. All right. Yeah. There's, this is why I wanted to have this debate. Honest exchange of ideas. Yeah. The next one. Fucking <laughs> All right. Let me redeem myself. Come on, feel the noise. Originally done by Slade. And the remake done by Quiet Riot. All right, Alan. It's got to be the Quiet Riot. Version. It's absolutely the yeah, Quiet Riot version. I, don't get me wrong; I like the Slade version, mm-hmm. but the Quiet Riot version. I don't is like the Slade version really simply because of the drum pattern that the drummers use. Diff- and again, they did something different. Yeah, they it. did I mean, something different. You know, especially yeah. just like the intro there, where they just went straight to the chorus. You know, the, like the over the drum verse yeah. over the you know, yeah, as opposed to having that that 
guitar intro, you know, that like that build up, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, no, right. no I, like, I, think, I like that better. So. I think that's what sold me on yeah. it was the, the intro alone. Cause I mean, you know, anybody that's seen quite no. right and know what they look like, they're pretty terrifying to begin yeah. with, but it's just that idea of when it opens up and it's just opening up, you don't know what the hell you're listening to. And all of a sudden yeah. you come right into the chorus. It's like, who does that? You know, yeah. you get that for every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Every once in a while, you the, know, the, the slave the, version, you've got that huge, huge buildup. And then it just kind of eases over into the song. It's like, what, what, what? what, what? I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a uh, sold a bill of goods kind of thing. Yeah. It's a letdown. Yeah. And and then you get that country. Yeah. I'm like, what? Fire this drummer. (laughs) Fire this drummer for even thinking that it was the appropriate thing to play on this song. All right. Fair point. Fair point. Like I said, I think the intro was the thing that sold me on it. You know, just that that opening when you open up that big and you keep it the whole way through the song. Yeah, you're you're golden. All right. This is one. These are two of my absolute favorite songs, by the way, that we're going to next. Okay. Sweet Jane. Originally done by the Velvet Underground. Yes. done by Cowboy Junkies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. Like it's just right, in. <laughs> right to the right to the heart of but the matter. But they also get into the anybody ever had a heart man, which is like a great lyric. It is, yeah. and, and just, just to start off so strong, I know, just right yeah. straight into it. All right, Dave, yeah. Cowboy Junkies, really every yeah. day. Okay, I, I knew I knew he was going to go Cowboy Junkies because he loves that song. That yeah. well, I love oh, I the Cowboy, both, cowboy so. Junkies. Yeah. I love the Cowboy Junkies. Okay, uh, they've got a great feel to them. They, I can't say enough good about the Cowboy Junkies. I like this version that they did with this song. Okay. But admittedly, when it comes to Velvet Underground, I, I have a, a mixed love-hate relationship with them. Fair. I'm, yeah. Fair. I, I, All right. Velvet Underground. Okay. It's kind of hard to separate Velvet Underground and Lou Reed. Well, that's yeah, the thing. I mean, well, but, you, well, here's you can't thing, because you can't. he is Velvet yeah, Underground. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you had Nico and all those other Nico people. Nico and, and you know, Mo Tucker and all of them. But uh, it, it's one of those things where like... Velvet Underground slash Lou Reed is one of those that I have tried so many times to like. Mm -hmm. Like, I will hear something by them, this song in particular, and be like... Yeah. Because, like, the first time I was introduced to the song was the Cowboy Junkies version. Of yeah. It. Well, and pretty much it. everybody was. Yeah, this the, is, the, the a, lot of, a lot of our generation was yeah. introduced to, to right, the Velvet Underground um, by this song. It's true. It's true. Uh, unless you had, like, really druggy parents. Well, yeah. and, and this one, I mean, of course, this one was made famous on the, the, the soundtrack, soundtrack to uh, Natural Born Killers. Killers right? yeah. so. Which was funny because that song was actually released, what, three years prior or yeah. something yeah. like that. Um, it's one of those that, like... I'm t- I'm no point in time. I'm torn on this one because you're doing that just to spite me to keep no, playing that really stupid not. song it's, up. I, I really am because I do love Turd. the Cowboy Junkies version of it, mm-hmm. and I have a little bit of a problem with the Velvet Underground version, which is basically that intro. 
Oh, that long, yeah, that, that, weird. Da, 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 da. And then yeah. all of a sudden, then it goes into the song. Yeah. But I have to say, once it gets into the song, mm-hmm. I like that version better. So you're going Velvet Underground. I am going to go Velvet Underground. All right. Because it's one of those things that it's it's raw is what it comes down to. It really is. And it's one of those things that it goes back again. The Velvet Underground, going mm-hmm. back to what I said earlier, there's that fine line between raw and sloppy. And they cross that line in the same song multiple times. Oh, yeah. Uh, on, on like all the time, you know? Yeah. Because uh, just, they go w- and, just go and listen to the song Heroin. He's oh, a, that gosh. thing speeds up and slows down and speeds up and slows down. He's, and, he's and, a good songwriter. Yeah. He's a, not a great musician. Well, you know, no. he was no. one of the real building songwriters. Yeah. You know, like that's where he got to start. Yeah. You're right. He's not a great musician. He's definitely not a good singer. But it's one of those things where he's got that, he's got that thing. And yeah. there is something about once it gets into the song that the pieces just fall together. Okay. And it's probably their masterpiece, quite honestly. And I got to give it to that. That's I, a big statement. I know it's a big That's statement. That's a big statement. I, and, and, I know and, it, and I know it's also, you know, like their biggest, quote unquote, biggest song, you right. know. But it's still one of those things where there's a reason why it's well, not it's, so much of their other stuff. It's a huge it's statement, good. and it's not yeah. really one that I can disagree with. Right, I right, think this yeah. is probably one of the best songs that Velvet put out. Oh, hands down, one of the best. Yeah, whether it's their masterpiece, I don't know. I, I think that, it might be yeah. their opus, really. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I really, yeah, I gotta. All right, so I'm the tiebreaker here. So, and, and again, and I, I'm not going to be upset with whatever you say yeah. here because they're both good <laughs> songs. I mean, it's well, a, the Cowboy Junkies version, I, I adore that song because of, for what it is. Yeah. And for what it represented, the time frame it came out, you know, the sound that it produced, it's a great makeout song. Yes. Let's be honest, you know. The Velvet Underground version of it, to me, I don't Lou know, the sixteen-year-old me doesn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were well, you were yeah, well progressed was, past that no, at that point. No, Lou no, Reed actually, no, has <laughs> Lou Reed does one thing better than most mm-hmm. above anything else. He's a great storyteller. Right. And yeah. I think that's what gives that version a little bit more of an edge over the Cowboy Junkies because to me it tells more of a story. I can't disagree with that. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's why I went Again, with the Velvet Underground I version. I love the the yeah Cowboy the Cowboy Junkies, Junkies is an amazing song. I mean, like I said, it does kind of skip that entire first verse and goes right yeah. straight. And I'm like, that irritates me a little bit. That doesn't bother but, me at all. But that's because they basically boiled it down. Stuff. They boiled yeah, it down to the essence of right. what the I, song's I, I about anyway. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like the difference between reading the book and the Cliff Notes version. Yeah, yeah. you I know, get, and I that's it, that's it. kind of the difference between them. If you're one that wants the whole story, you're Velvet Underground. If you're wanting to get right to the chase, yeah, the Cowboy Junkies version. But you know, again, I think Lou Reed, because he's such a good storyteller, was R.I.P. Yeah, um, was such a good storyteller. I got to give the advantage there. So I'm going to go Velvet Underground. Okay. Nice. All right. Okay. We have reached our last one on the list, gentlemen. Oh. And of course, it is the most polarizing one. Oh. This is the one that people have been arguing about as far back as I can remember. Hallelujah. Originally, Leonard Cohen. Is this the most polarizing cover You'd of all time? You'd be amazed how many times I've gotten into it's fights got, on this one. I got one more that will do it. Okay. You don't really care. Now, there's been a lot of versions, but the one that everybody cites, Jeff Buckley. Mm-hmm. I could listen to that guitar all day. I know, it just it's so good. That, that dissident. Mm-hmm. I know, it just... Just the right amount of reverb. 
Yep. You know, it's like... Makes it sound like he's playing in a hallway. I know. It just... And then that haunting voice that he has, you know, just... Yeah. We've got to get it to the lyrics, folks. Bear with us. Going up and down the scale. Well, I heard there was a secret chord that David played, and it pleased the Lord. All right, Dave. This is a tough this one. This is going to be tough for him, I know. It, it is. <laughs> because he loves, he loves both artists. So I, do I. I love Leonard Cohen. The guy is an amazing songwriter, mm-hmm. um, he's a great performer. His voice. Unfortunately, it's one of those things that you have to, it has to become an acquired taste. He's like Tom Waits. Yes. You either love him or you're not quite sure what you're listening to. His voice is like a really excellent cup of coffee. Right. Neil Young's a good example. example. I mean, nobody, you know, somebody who hasn't drank coffee before will absolutely hate it when they first get it. Mm -hmm. Somebody who's an actual coffee lover hears that voice and it's like oh it's like the first time you have a beer you know it's just like you don't know what you're doing or it's just you don't know how to process it and then you realize you've drank seven right he he, he's like a really dark flavorful cup of coffee he's espresso yeah so you're you're saying it's like the first time you do anal right (laughs) (laughs) what the crap is wrong with you today i don't understand what are you on drugs again what is wrong with you Oh my gosh. I knew this was going to be a hard episode for him. I just I, I didn't just, realize how difficult. I don't understand this. Does he act like this around you? I just, you? Do you not see the confusion on my face? I've had like two but, hours sleep. <laughs> but and four cups of coffee. And, yeah. and I love I love Leonard Cohen's yes. version of this. Yes. You know, he's, the, he's the original. Mm-hmm. Um the other one that I really love is Katie Lang's, the one that she yes. did for the Olympics in Canada. Thank you for not saying the Rufus Wainwright version. Oh, fuck Rufus Lane. Oh, oh. <laughs> look, look. Wow. I think we may need to get him to a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Do we need to Again, call someone? I, I saw him in concert once. But He was opening yes. for but, Tori Amos. But mm-hmm. Buckley's version of that. Yes. He, he adds almost like a... a I hate to say this, but like an angelic, like sorrowfulness yeah, mm-hmm, to it. Absolutely. And it, it, it's like an ethereal thing to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Cohen's is really grounded. Yeah. And, and kind of dark. I got to, I hate to do this, but I got to go with Buckley. Got to go with Buckley. Okay. I mean, you make some valid arguments either direction on that one. Yeah. I have to go with Buckley on this one also. And in, in a lot of what Dave just said, because I do love the Leonard Cohen version of it, mm-hmm. but this is another example of somebody wrote a really great song yeah. that a lot of people have covered over the years, mm-hmm. but Jeff Buckley reinvented it. Owns this song. Now. Well, I mean, I mean a lot of people do this with Leonard Cohen stuff. Right, it's yeah. the same with Tom Waits. Right. I mean, Concrete I Blonde. Oh, I know. With everybody. everybody knows. Oh, yeah. yeah, but you know what? I really like Cohen's version of Everybody Knows. I agree. Better I, that I, one. I, mean, I like them a, both, but I do like them well, both. But they're like almost REM two, did first. We take Manhattan. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I know they're almost saying. two different entities. Right. Like this one's two different entities. I, I get that. I so get that. And, and so we have two for Buckley on this one. I, I I will agree with you, but I will say this much: there is one word that 
this is a perfect example of two different definitions of the same word. And that mm-hmm. word is haunting. Yes. Yes. You have yes. two different yes. renderings of the same song. One of which is just this low gravelly through the entire thing. Right. You don't really hear his pitch change very much. No. And it just gets creepier and creepier. And just, you're like, I'm sucked into this. Then you have the Buckley version, which starts off very, very soft mm-hmm. and very, very just, you know, angelic, like you said. Pretty. And then it builds. It, it's pretty, it but it's also dissident. Yeah. Yes. It's like one giant well, crescendo. You know, I think you know? we can all agree that Jeff Buckley dying young. Yeah. Really like makes this song more poignant. Yeah, this agreed. version of it because it is it's that very it's that angelic and it's something you know and it's like somebody who's looking for something. Well, yeah, and but then I mean, you know, taking they, they taking that out of it, a though. very young yeah. young age. But it's kind of, it's kind of like talking about the crow though. You can't True. talk about it without talking about it Brandon because Lee. it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, oh, it's a good movie. But then it, it like transcended just being a. I good didn't movie realize because, Alec Baldwin was on set for that. Oh, one. Yeah. Wow! Wow! <laughs> See, I'm not the only one today. So. <laughs> when did I become the good child? That's what I want to know. Usually, you it's guys scary. are worried about it's me. It's scary, you know? isn't it? Yeah, it's like <laughs> he's a bad influence. Apparently, he's a terrible influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I do. I, I agree with you on this. And I mean, even taking out the history on, cause you know, the history of him, you know, the history of Cohen, you know, all these right, things that these right. guys have gone through in their lives, just on the sheer element that that song is one gigantic crescendo for mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. It starts off so small and so humble. And then by the time it's done, he's practically screaming into the microphone. Yeah. And it's just like this guttural expletive coming out you know one of the things when I pointed out when we were listening to that intro that, that picking pattern that he's doing yeah. it's very simple yeah it's very it's 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 it reminds me a lot of like a song from like the 50s like I can the see way that. that he's doing that. I can you know, see that. that. Do, 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 do. Almost it's, like a love very, song. From yeah, the 50s, very much yeah. so. Like you know, it could be it, absolutely like a, yeah. you know, yeah. a, a Richie Valens or something. Like yeah, that, it kind of has that yeah. Donna feel. Exactly. To it or, you know, you and know. it's like, oh yeah, and then it just the lyrics just tear you apart once you get into it. You right. know, and and it, and it also does a really good job of. And, and Leonard Cohen has talked about this at length, you know, over the years, but lyrically. It does such a good job of like skirting that line of spirituality. Mm-hmm. Like it's there, it's not preachy, but it kind of makes you think. You well, know, and that, it's like that's, that's again, that's Leonard Cohen. You it's, know, it's like the song yeah. was written by C.S. Lewis or something. Yeah, you yeah, know? Exactly. it's just very. Yeah. You know. Well, what most people don't realize is that he was also a monk. Yeah, you know, he would go back to I forget where his monastery was at, but he would live half the year, you know, as a regular guy, and then half the year, you know, going back to his monastery and and putting you know that back on so he literally walked that line back and forth which is what a lot of his music's about right yeah well you know <clears throat> i want to say this also shonda rhymes mm-hmm. you know who i'm talking about dave right mm, vaguely uh gray's anatomy yes and, okay and, and okay yeah yeah, yeah 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 i hate to give her credit for anything because her television shows are trash but I got to give her credit, or at least the music producers, massive amounts of credit for kind of reintroducing the Buckley, this song, yeah. actually the yeah. song in general, back into the public consciousness in yeah. the mid-2000s. Yeah. Because they just, I don't think it was the Buckley version, it was somebody doing a cover. And then all of a sudden you start seeing covers of this song 
everywhere. Well, and the funny thing is, it's and the cover of the cover. I know. You know, I you know, don't hear anybody covering the Leonard Cohen version. Not you hear much. them covering yeah. the Buckley I mean, version. Yeah, exactly. You know? Well, so. you see this song and covers of this song pop up about every 35 minutes yeah <laughs> no well i was i was gonna say every five to seven years yeah. well and inevitably this song is going to show up on at least you know once or twice in every season of like american idol yeah, yeah. or you know because well, yeah. it's it's a vocal this is one you, you, you guys know. are gonna i know you're gonna love this one but i remember watching the season one finale of the oc Okay. I know. <laughs> he also watches trash TV shows. I, I said, I, I, hey, look, I admit that. But they used the Buckley version in that. Almost the entire, like, not the entire seven minutes of it, but right. a good, like, four minutes of it for, yeah. like, their, clo- their closing montage of yeah. how it was closing out that season. Yeah. And, being, and I remember, like, at that point being like, oh, dude, this is going to put this back into the... And that was also around the time of the Shonda Rhimes, you yeah. know, all that BS and everything. So it was one of those things where it's always kind of been right on the out on the periphery of pop culture for you know all that time, you know, because at that point you're talking about like it had been nine or ten years since the album was released, right. you know, yeah. And, but it was still like always kind of orbiting, like okay. And it's one of those things. It's kind of like a let's see if I can get let's see if I can get my science uh, metaphor correct here. Uh-oh. It's kind of like an electron that orbits. And every once in a while, it like cuts straight through. I guess that's what a quark is. That what that's called? Uh, something like that. So I don't know. I could be completely wrong. I had to take chemistry twice. So I, I, I mean, it's I'm, <laughs> I'm going to need the cliff notes on you, sir. That's all I'm going to say. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Trust the science. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I think he's got a little Biden on us today. I don't know what's going on here. All right, gentlemen. Well, that's what I have on these. And, you know, it, it's really been interesting to hear the different points okay. of view on these. I, I have know you one had thing. One more. I have yeah. one thing that yep. you did not put on there. Yes. And you said that, you know, that, that Hallelujah is probably one of the most polarizing. Definitely. There's one bigger one. Okay. Fire it out there. A little help from my friends. Which version? Exactly. Because the thing is... In my, we've talked about this before. In our, the, the, I'm sorry. In my opinion, the Joe superior Cocker. version is a, is a Joe Cocker version. But the hardcore people, the hardcore Beatles people, will tell you no one can ever do a better version than what the Beatles did. I'm like, See, oh no, I've heard much better covers the, of their songs. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I agree. But I that agree. that is one. If you want to get into an argument, if you want to start an argument, well, outside for, outside of the whole David Lee Roth versus Sammy Hagar thing. <laughs> uh, but if you, <laughs> wow. he's making my microphone fall apart. But it's one of those things where, like that. Let me tell you, that will start an argument faster than anything. Well, and I, I so, agree, I, and I do think that you know, and you're talking to a huge Beatles fan to begin with. Yeah. But even I got to admit that they have had songs that have come out that other artists have done yes. that have done tremendous versions. Um, Earth, Wind, and Fire doing "Got to Get You Into My Life." Mm-hmm. I still prefer the Earth, Wind, and Fire version. Now, granted, I'm more of a soul R&B fan. Um, definitely the Joe Cocker version because that is something that is so out of left field mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and a version that is so out of left field that you ne- you know here's this and happy course, poppy you know it Beatles also version. became iconic whenever the Wonder Years yeah that was what I was about to say when that came yeah. out and imagine Joe Cocker's surprise when he found out he actually recorded it, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, he's yeah. like I recorded that song when did I play that song well, and, cocaine's and, a hell of a and, drug and let us not <laughs> gentlemen let us not forget the the Saturday Night Live version when John Belushi came out and started oh, yeah, singing started it, and then it, Joe yeah, Cocker they, came out yeah. and started singing He's it with him. He's doing his Joe Cocker version. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, it, that's that song has become. So, it's one of those few songs that's become iconic for two different artists, right? And and, and, and the that Buckley is, and and Cohen version is a perfect example too. And yeah. that is also a 
an obvious when you start talking about cover versions that you go to people. You know, I mean, that, it's probably one of the best known covers of a song. I would say that. Yeah, I would definitely you know, say that, that, it's it's, you know, it's up there. If right. it's not the most known, no, it's definitely it's one definitely of the most. Okay. Which actually segues into the latter part of today's show. I want to give you guys a chance to talk. I mean, we've talked about some of the covers that I've listed. I want to hear, give, give me your top five covers. Just top fives that you are like, this is I, the best version of this song. I don't know that I can pull a top five. Oh, I did. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, you know, anything from the Johnny Cash American recordings. Those are tremendous. I, I love I pretty much everything on that. And I avoided Johnny Cash on my list because yeah. they, they are so iconic and I knew somebody would pull them, especially his version of Hurt. Yeah, actually, the, before, before we started recording, we were talking about that and you brought up Hurt. I brought up um, uh, Redemption Song right. yeah. with him and uh, Joe Strummer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was I mean, it's, so good. There, there's, so, there's so many on, the, on those six albums. There are so many good covers that he does. Probably too. the only other one that I've got that I can really pull off the top of my head. Um, Patsy Cline does Crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you were letting us hear this. Earlier. Yeah, and it's it's just yeah. a very you know it's a it's a sad song. It's a sad song. Which, technically, that's a cover. Is it really? Willie Nelson did it originally. Well, yeah. Well, well and he, he wrote did, it and he recorded. He released it. it, it and, and, yeah. and that's then, true. Then she recorded it and it became her song. Oh, it's yes. her song. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt it's about her that. Song. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's a band by the name of the Kidney Thieves that covered that song for. Um, Strangeland, which was Dee Schneider's, Schneider's horror movie. Creepy movie. And th- they cover they it. They taught us all that if you have a mental health problem and you miss one dose of your medication, <laughs> you're going to become a murderous, you know, you know. yeah, okay. <laughs> I hang out with you, so. Uh, I yeah, well, you know. Yeah. So That's why we keep There's no around. amount of medication. <laughs> <laughs> but but the kidney, th- kidney Thieves version of crazy you know patsy klein she's she's sad you know he he drove her crazy kidney thieves female vocalist no she is literally crazy and she is the crazy person and and probably the one who carved the heart of that dude's chest with a spoon yeah from the from the sound of the song and and if you and again kids if you haven't heard this one definitely go Go check check it it out out. it's one of the nice things about this episode is that it does give you the opportunities to hear different versions of songs that you may or may not already know yeah and i would really encourage everybody to kind of go out and and do some exploration do that search inside of spotify and just type in the title and see oh well i didn't know this person did this oh this is a cover okay yeah all right alan what you got all right i got a top five all right give me uh, are you done, Dave? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. All right. And this is in no particular order. Okay. Okay. First one I have on here is Lenny Kravitz's version of American Woman. Oh, really? Get out. Yes. Really? Look, I love the Guess Who. I love the Guess Who. Okay. I hate their version of this song. I love that Once version. it gets into the song, it's fine. I hate all that acoustic American woman with a mass movement. See, I kind of like me that. A, M. I hate all that stuff. Okay. Once it gets into the, you know, the this is yeah. Once it that's kicks. great. What the that Lenny is Kravitz, is your your um your hatred of some of that seventies yeah, rock and roll stuff. The Lenny Kravitz version of it, mm-hmm. dude. Sonically. I'll give you that, that song. I mean, that the drum and the bass on that thing hit no, like I, you wouldn't believe. I like the song, but once again, this is one of those things that got overplayed for no. me. I agree. Okay. I got to go with that. I get that. It did. I admit that. Yeah. I admit okay. that it did get played way too much for many years. 1029 The Buzz but, did us no think, favors with that But I think, but I think it is one of the better covers that has ever 
Okay. Okay. I'll, and that's kind of what I did here. Where I looked at like, okay, what are some of the best covers? Okay. Not necessarily that yeah. they're better than the original. Just right. these are some of the what I think are the best covers of other people's stuff. Okay. Getting on to the next one is Power Station with Banga Gong. See, I had that on one of my most hated ones. Really? I can't stand See, now, that version. I love the T Rex version. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But. This version has so much more, no pun intended, more power to it. I than, just, than I like Robert version. Palmer, but I every do. time I heard that, it was like nails on a chalkboard, really? man. It was See, just like no, you no. just taking the soul of the song and I, sucked it out. For me, it doesn't matter which version of it it is. Right, I'm gonna turn it up in yeah. the car. All right, fair. It, it, exactly, and that's and I said this is. I just think it's a yeah one of the better covers that we've ever okay. okay. Next one, Cheap Tricks version of Don't Be Cruel. Now, that I'll give you. Yeah. Okay. That I will give you. That, you know, and, you know, again, you know, going to a sacred cow with Elvis, but it's still one but of those things what? where it's like, no, they did a really good version of that. Well, just remember, know? Elvis didn't write it. I so, know. you know, Elvis, but Elvis didn't write any of it. Well, exactly. that's because yeah. the lady who actually wrote most of his stuff, uh, her house is still in Hendersonville. Really? Yeah. Okay. I know it, was it, a, yeah. it, it wasn't Lieber and Stoller wrote a lot of his stuff. Who was somebody else wrote yeah, a lot of his a, stuff too? Yeah. So my number four. Yes. And again, these are in no. Man, okay. It's Rod Stewart with Downtown Train. That is a great yeah. version. Yeah. You know, I, I love Tom Waits. Yes. Love the Tom Waits version. And these things are two completely different animals. Oh yes, yeah. absolutely. Completely different animals. But his version of it is so good. And it's one of those things again. You know, Tom Waits has that gravelly, you know, outside yep. another, yeah, move, you know. It's, but it's then you get into the Rod Stewart, who also has a gravelly voice, but he's got a much higher range. Well, and he's, he's more <laughs> and, melodic. Yes, and, and, he, and he, he brings a dynamic yeah. to and, it. And like, let's call it, while he still has a gravelly voice, right. he's somewhat of a crooner. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this Absolutely. guy's a crooner. And Absolutely. he can carry a song. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, sure. and, this, and, and turn this song from a... The, Tom Waits' version is a lovelorn... It's a it's a it's 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 a lovelorn young man trying to convince this woman, you know, that oh, I it's really, almost like I he wrote a letter. Like, yeah, exactly. Know? Whereas Rod Stewart's version is, it's a love letter to the city more than it is to a woman. The way I always you know, heard that it, is yeah. uh, th- there's a difference there. Yeah. You know, it's it's a we- it's a weird like it, it's one of them is like one of them is a. Like I said, uh, uh, Tom Waits' version, like I said, is a very lovelorn. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, almost like a desperate cry for like, please pay attention to me. Yeah. Whereas Rod Stewart's is a, he's trying to win someone over. Agreed. You know, th- there's a difference between trying yeah. to get someone's attention and trying to win somebody. It's the over, difference you know? between writing a love letter. Yes. And serenading someone. Yes, absolutely. And absolutely. I think Rod Stewart was definitely doing a serenade right, with right. that. And my last one. Yes, sir. Elvis Costello and the Attractions with What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding. That's a good one. Yes. You know, originally, a really it was a Nick Lowe song. People, mm-hmm. people forget that. Yeah. Like, and it's yeah. Like, Nick Lowe's version is a very country folk-esque type thing. Yeah. Elvis Costello brought the the, the yeah. bombast. Yeah. Of, oh, you yeah. know? He, I mean, that's, he definitely <laughs> brought the house on that one. There's yeah, no doubt. And so, I mean, and it's a, and those are my... Like I think those are like some of the best covers okay. that we've heard. You know, so. I've got I've got a few that okay, I'll throw right at you here. Um, I'm gonna save my. Since absolute. Dave didn't do his homework. <laughs> <laughs> hey, be fair. What I he know, did bring I to the know, table I was know, pretty yeah. friggin' awesome. And I did about good a lot of the technicals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Wow. Here we go. Okay, so next week you'll be tuning in to Alan and Barry because I won't be here anymore. <laughs> Come on. You think I want to hang out with him? I'll bring Corey back on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see how wow. well you do with that. No, it just means I get to beat on somebody for an hour. So <laughs> wow. Sorry, Corey. Yeah. And he'll just lay there and take it. So <laughs> oh. Ouch. Oh, my 
All right. You, I'm gonna get, I will get this back on track here for a minute. <laughs> All right. So the, I've got a few of them, but the, the first one I'm going to kick off is um, The Chain. Ooh. Okay, I the know where you're women. going. Okay. The High Women. I'm sorry. Uh, it's hard to argue uh, with Brandy Carlisle's vocals on that. It just... It's so close to the original, but it's so I think so Dave and I are kind of in the same boat on this one. <laughs> I loved it. It is one of my personal favorites. I had Downtown Train on my list, but okay. I'm going to skip mm. past that. Um, one of my, I'm a huge They Might Be Giants fan. Istanbul, not Constantinople. Nope, you're right. They, yeah. they own that one. It was originally done by a band called The Four Lads. Yeah. And it's Which this, most people don't realize. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, okay, so the funny thing, quick story. I um, On my 33rd birthday, my birthday's in July, and we held a party for me in November. It was my 33rd and a 3rd. So everybody ah, brought me albums. There you go. Nice. And nice. I'm a huge They Might Be Giants fan. And someone brought me this album by a band called The Four Lads. I'm like, I have no idea who this is. And found out that they had originally done Istanbul, not Constantinople, right. in this weird kind of doo-woppy, you know, very late like 40s kind of sound to them. Skiffle band. Wait, a hold bit, on. I may actually know, have that um, in your other playlist that uh-oh. you sent me. All right. We'll see um, if you got it. Just here. so with the. Um, the originals? Yeah, I don't know if it's on there or not, but. Um, yeah, if you get a chance to listen to it, it's you can tell it's the same song, but right. it's just very, very different. Um, did you find it, Dave? Um, yes, I did. Okay. All right, here's a little sample. It's already in there. borderline. <laughs> it's borderline racist a little bit with that background, but you know, hey, it kind of takes a little appropriation, but it's still a great song. It reminds me of something that would be in a Rodgers and Hammerstein yes. musical. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely one on my list. Um, one that I'm surprised nobody brought up, and this is quite possibly the greatest cover of all time, and people don't realize it. Okay, he just said that. Respect by Aretha Franklin. It's true. It was yeah, originally no, done by Otis Redding. Otis Redding, know? yeah. yeah that's and, a- and the thing is, is that the Otis Redding version is i mean it's daylight and dark between the two because oh, yeah. yeah they're about two different things well yeah but <laughs> honestly I think that's, that's the nice thing about uh, it is if you listen to the otis version it's kind of taking that idea of you know basically what the otis version is is that hey i work hard and when i come home i want you to respect you, me you, well yeah. it's not only that you should you should do your wifely duties is exactly. what it comes down to whereas the aretha franklin is Oh, oh, wait no, a no, second. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're yeah. going to respect me. It's actually this kind of is... funny to play these songs back know, to back. I know, I know. Because it sounds like yeah. an argument. Yeah. I know, it really does. <laughs> and they're both a really, I, like, I like the arrangement on the, the Otis version quite yeah. a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? The Otis yeah. one's, I mean, it's. But the Aretha, I'm sorry, yeah. you, you can't argue with Aretha. I mean, that, it, once, again. Once again, it comes down to, I'm a bigger Sam Cooke fan right. than Otis Redding. Right. I Fair. think Otis Redding wrote some great songs that other people took and did a lot more with. Right. All right, my second to last one, gentlemen. I fought the law, the Clash version uh, over the Bobby Fuller Four. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a totally different song, and it just—I gotta agree with him. Something about that, the way that they put that together, with just speeding it up, coming in just—I mean, it's the Clash, you know. Wanker cunts. Okay. The only band. <laughs> hey, the only band that matters. Yeah, in their okay. Head, yeah. It's <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I'll argue with you on I, this. I, one. I'm not a big yeah. Clash fan. I, I, I like the Clash, so I'm with you. Yeah, so. yeah. And I mean, you know, there's there's all kinds of other ones that are out there that I had on my list. I'm not going to go down the whole thing here. Uh, the Sonic Youth version of Superstar from the Carpenters is really good. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the Nothing Compares to You yes, with Sinead O'Connor. Yes, that's, yeah. That's a good um, 
I mean, there's a bunch of them, but there the, are a bunch of them. There is one in particular that I absolutely love, and it's just so strange that it's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's a song called Common People. It was originally done by a band. It's a British band called Pulp. Yep. And it has this weird kind of late 80s poppy. Very synth driven. Very synth driven. Very new wavy kind of feel. Very British. Yes. Very Very much so. Very British. Because a lot of the, 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 the vernacular that they use is very British. Mm -hmm. You know, um, talking about like, British slang, chip stain, grease on the bag, bags, yeah. you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, there was a version that was released on an album that was produced by Ben Folds mm-hmm. um, by William Shatner, mm-hmm. of all people. And it is so, so good. strangely good <laughs> because he, it he, rocks. He, well, the, the I think that could be said about a lot of Shatner's stuff. Shatner, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's you go wonderfully back, weird. Yes. You go back and, and listen to his version of uh, Rocket, Rocket Man. Man you know, yeah. Well, he, yeah. he talks sings. Or Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Yeah. You know, I mean, he yeah. talks sings so well on this, but he also had a great backup on this because when he recorded it, the piano player for him and part vocalist was Joe, Joe Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as in, is she really going out with him, stepping right. out? That right. Joe Jackson, not the guy that played baseball. Yeah. But, yeah. um, that was shoeless Joe Jackson. <laughs> hey, you know. As far as we know, this Joe Jackson has plenty of shoes. <laughs> and maybe even socks. Who knows? That's true. That's true. Yeah. But it's just, if you get a chance to go and try to find this, it is so strangely wonderful is, about the is. way that it's put together and it's it, it takes the song to a whole different different level different direction well, different place yeah. yeah it definitely goes to a different place <laughs> all right so all right no we gotta we gotta we gotta back up here a little bit okay you've got a song that you listed yes. that you mentioned that i think both me and alan are going to disagree with oh i'm already sure of it yeah so which state, one state this go ahead give I'll, me your give me your list real go quick ahead, so sir. i can all right or do you want to tell him? No, 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 no. I'll let you throw it out there. Now, let's see here. Where was that? Um, it was the Fleetwood Mac song. Oh, the, oh, chain. the chain. The chain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talking about the high women. Yeah. yeah. How dare you, sir? Oh no, 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 no. And I will back this up. No, you got to do it in your best uh, Greta Thunberg. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> the reason why I put that on my list. Okay. Number one, you I have re- stolen my childhood. I really love <laughs> by listing the high the high women singing the song is better than Fleetwood How Mac. Dare you. you you kind of have. I never said it was better. I said these are some of the best covers. <laughs> Because the way, do you have any idea I how disagree. hard it is mm. to get those types of harmonies? Oh, no, 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 no. no put I, that no, together. No, me. I'm not taking no, no, anything no, 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 away no, no, no. from their musicianship right. or their, their, their vocal style. No, that's, that's the whole reason I put it on here is because when I heard that, I was like, this is one of those songs that nobody's going to do because nobody's going to be able to get yeah. those no types of harmonies. No one should do that song. Let's just put that right up well, there. No one should do right. that song. Okay? Because, I mean, when you're talking, what, three and four part harmonies on that that just blend so beautifully. Right. I was like, there's no way anybody's going to be able to do this song. And then I heard this and I'm like, oh my God, they pulled it off. They pulled off the harmonies. The rest of the song, the music, the instrumentation, yeah. okay, you know, but, it may not be as good, but those harmonies, I was just like, there's no way anybody's going to do that. But none of them wrote the song and then made their ex stand there and sing it with them. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. You know. I, I'll say this about the High Women's version. And you could say of, that from any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this about the, the High Women's version of The Chain. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of Weezer's version of, of uh, Africa. In what aspect? Well, when it first hit, 
I like couldn't go on social media without somebody going, "Oh my God, this is so great! Go listen to this!" Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then I went look, listen to it. And I'm like, "Yep, that's Toto doing Africa, or that's uh, that's uh, Weezer doing, Weezer doing Toto. Toto. That's a, yep. it, it, I mean, it, and that's kind of the same thing. It's like." Yep, that's a bunch of country. I, that's a bunch of country women I, doing Fleetwood Mac, and, and I like the Weezer thing. Yeah, but for me, it was way too polished. Well, yeah, the funny thing is, that's not the polished. first cover of Toto that Weezer's done. They actually did Rosanna, yeah, and it's really but, good. But what and, saying, and that what was I'm, also but, a little too polished. But what, I'm, what I'm saying about both of these, though, is that no, they neither one of them brought anything to this. They just covered it. I guess that I, was the. And I'll tell you the yeah. other thing that really like turned me off to mm-hmm. to that version of it and it's not that they're not because again like what dave said their harmonies are great yeah they're, they're all that stuff is, it's fine it. was seeing them on the tonight show and jimmy fallon sitting there in the round with them singing along okay. and yeah, that would and i was just like fuck this that, no that, no no that would so kill that's, it <laughs> all right well to finalize since we've already talked about some of the ones that we've loved oh I have Bring thoughts. up your stink bombs, boys. I have thoughts. I think we've already covered some of them. <laughs> <laughs> Most of those. I know there's going to be some others. All oh, right, oh, Alan. Oh, I, oh, I have a list. Hit me. Okay, we... first off, I want to say this. Yes, sir. I do not put a single song on here with Mr. Michael Bulletin on it. See, because, I had one. Because I could have just done a whole, like, I could have done, like, a top 30 list of bad covers. That yeah. he, okay. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Um, I also did not put any Limp Biscuit covers on here because they all suck. I had one, too. Um, <laughs> again, we're talking, like, like low-hanging fruit. When oh, you yeah. Get into that yeah, kind of you shit. know. Okay. I also did not put any Miley Cyrus on here because that would have just yeah, again, low hanging fruit. If you had put, and there was plenty of you, it. You try not to acknowledge her at all. Yeah. If you had put the Miley Cyrus version of Nine Inch Nails on here, I, I was I, going I'd walk to, out the but, door. But it was like that was terrible. I it mean, was it was just uh, bad. And, and I was like, no, we. All I have to do is say, Michael Bulletin, mm-hmm. Limp Biscuit, Miley Cyrus. We all automatically know. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, whatever yeah, whatever yeah, it is yeah, they yeah. touch, it's, cover wise, is, is going to suck. You know. Yeah. So here is now my keep in is mind. My, these have to be ones that were actually released as singles. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm with you. Oh, yeah. They were all released as singles. Bring it. Okay. Bring it. First one. And this... I got a feeling we're going to have some of the same. These people should be shot for this. Smash Mouth. Anything by Smash yeah, Mouth that should go away. That's that's kind of a general rule. They covered Under Pressure. Oh, God. <sighs> and it's as, and it, it, it's as bad, if not worse, than what you're already imagining. See, now the funny thing is, they actually did one cover that I'm almost willing Can't to give them a pass. Baby? Yes, because mm-hmm. it was such no. a weird song to they begin get with. zero passes from me. They should go away. Okay. I, that, I, that, that is just egregious. First off, no one should cover Queen. Uh, granted. <laughs> let's be honest. Granted. Um, well, I don't know. No, and Metallica didn't do a bad version of Stone Cold Crazy. So yeah. It wasn't bad. It wasn't agree, great, but, but it wasn't it, bad. But it's, you know... It's still, I mean, yeah. Okay, uh, my next one, mm-hmm. and I know you guys are gonna be like, "How do you know about this stuff?" But I, I've heard them. Okay. The, the funny thing is, folks, I wish you were in the studio because you can see the pain that's coming out of this man when he's reading this list. And I don't even like the original version. Of All this right, song, what you got? But it's that bad. Hillary Duff doing "My Generation." Oh God, <sighs> that's painful. Okay, that's that's. I'm, I'm. Think about that. I can feel the bile in the back of my throat. Think about that. You've got a millennial doing a song about how people always put us down. Yeah, because you fucking deserve it, okay? it's <laughs> Maybe I need to edit this episode. Yeah, this one's... 
Folks, you're going to hear a lot of beeps in this one, that's for sure. But um, My next one. No, yes. he doesn't do that. He yeah. just leaves it hanging out there like yeah. low-hanging for Britney Spears with satisfaction. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. <sighs> it was really bad. I'm not going to lie. So you decided to end this episode on a low note. Oh, no. Oh, I still no, got to go worse. through my list. <laughs> it, gets, it gets worse. Madonna. American Pie. That one, I don't even consider that a cover because it was so just out Weird. there. You know? That it's, just, it's a more of a remix than I, a cover. I want to know what she was thinking. Like, who, what was it that she was like, hey, you know what would be a good song to cover? <laughs> yeah, one of the most iconic songs that ever was written. Oh, yeah. And All the right. last one. Yep. Sheryl Crow, Sweet Child of Mine. See, Sheryl Crow has done a, a, a smattering of covers, and there's one that to me is more... Even more Last abysmal. Our first cut is the deepest. No, that one's not bad. She did a cover of Jamaica by. Oh Led yeah, Zeppelin. I remember that. It was on. It was on that tribute album. Yes, yeah. and it was such. That was that was terrible. Such an abysmal but, existence. But that this one, in my mind, because Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Really, oh, I agree. I mean, come I agree. on. Yeah. No, and, leave that alone. And that, All right. That's just yeah. So those are my five that I have. I could I believe have, me. This list. Mm-hmm. Could have gone on. Oh yeah, I've got I've got several that you didn't hit. So I honestly don't have a list because if it's that crap, I'm not listening to it. I try to See, erase it from my memory completely. I believe in I believe that I am an equal opportunist cover fan because I will listen to covers no matter how good or how bad they are. I may only listen to them once, but I'll listen to them. You're more dedicated than I am. Hey, call it a calling. Um, <laughs> so my first one. Cats in the Cradle by Ugly Kid, Kid Joe. Joe. Oh, goodness. You can see the pain all in your of faces. The, all of these songs I have pushed out of my memories. I wouldn't have to think about that them. That one yeah. is pretty bad. Uh, and, okay. and you're, you're putting them back in my head. And here, here's one that I'm very passionate about for a variety of reasons. Big Yellow Taxi. Counting Crows version. I yes. Know, when I know. Amy Grant does a better cover of it than your <laughs> band does, and you, what does that say about your band? We all know that I love Counting Crows, but that version, I, and I didn't put it on here because I knew somebody would. I mean, oh, it was just like, that is that's a bad, probably the main reason cover. I didn't buy that album. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's so many to choose from. You already said Michael Bolton's out. All right, mm-hmm. I'll throw one at you. The Shoop Shoop song. Cher. It, it's in his kiss. Yeah. It was originally Betty Everett. I love right. that version of it. Cher. Oh my God. I cannot stand that song. It's like, oh, please. Why did you even think this was a good idea? He's just trying to turn back time. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take, take you back with this one. I'm going to take you back with this one, boys. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> Tiffany's version of I Saw Her Standing There. Yeah. I had pretty much forgotten about Tiffany. Well, you know, Dave, her, Dave's going to have to go back to therapy after this but episode's over. you know, the over. whole thing with her is that, you know, yeah. I think we're alone now was a cover. Yeah, you know, it was Tommy, Tommy James. James and the Shondells. Yeah, yeah. um, All right. But yeah, covering the Beatles is, again, it's... Um, and I debated on what was going to be my number one, because I, I, at first I thought it was going to be um, Orgy's version of Blue Monday. I'm sorry if you're going from New Order to this, it's totally different. But the biggest okay. atrocity that has ever existed in the realm of cover songs, and it's from two artists that I really admire, which really hurts me: David Bowie, oh yeah, and Mick Jagger, yeah, dancing, oh, in, the dancing in the yeah. streets. That, that is, that is, I, I 
Yeah. Almost. But I, I what were they wearing? I, I don't know. What what was that <laughs> clothing that they were wearing in the video? That, Are you kidding me? That brings me to an episode that I have talked about us doing several times, and mm-hmm. maybe the other three of us need to come back to the right. which is basically like the the terrible stuff that the eighties did to good artists. <laughs> oh, we already talked about Stevie Wonder. I mean, come I mean, on. Yeah, I mean, you know? I know, it, but well, yeah, but Stevie if you could, Wonder, Johnny Cash, Elton John, Elton John. I mean, oh. you can go down the line Bowie of like Jagger, yeah, Aretha Franklin, Aretha Franklin. I mean, it's like you can go down the line of like just great mm-hmm. the Stones in yeah. general. I mean, it just great artists from you know the sixties and seventies who just put out absolute. Garbage in the seven in the in the eighties. Yeah. It's like, what in the world were you thinking? Now I know they're cocaine's thinking a paycheck a, is what they're thinking. Cocaine's yeah. a hell of a drug. I get it. Mm. But it's okay, Rick James, you said that like three oh. times in the show. Already. I'm just saying it because it's true. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but they're thinking paycheck is what they're thinking. Yeah, but yeah, so. I, I, and and you know, there's there's so many more that you oh, can throw into, oh, and, and and not to shout out to a, another podcast at all, but there is a great podcast. No, no, no. We 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 are fully supportive of other podcasts. Okay, we shout out to them all. The time, we shout so. out. We talk to them all the time. Sometimes Perfect. we insult them to their yep, face exactly. right on the show. Exactly. If, so. if you are a fan of cover songs, and if any of this has kind of sparked an interest for you, there's a great co- uh, excuse me podcast called Coverville, Coverville. Yeah. that does amazing jobs of research on different versions. Now, granted, they may be from bands you've never heard of, mm-hmm. but it's sometimes it's really good to just dive down in there and find you know reinterpretations of songs that are just totally wacky. And I mean, they're a lot of fun. Since we're talking about other podcasts that we suggest, and I think you listen to this one, but Slate has a song, has one called Hit Parade. Yes, that is amazing. Okay, of, of like they will they will do it like every episode. It's actually if you listen to the free version of you know because they have like a, a, a subscription a pay version. Yeah, but if you listen to the they, they they will split it into two episodes like you know that you can listen to like, and they're like two or three hours long a lot yeah, of times. But totally they'll worth take it. one subject and just like, okay. They did a whole they did a whole episode about uh Sheik and Nile Roger. Oh wow. about like all the stuff that they touched mm-hmm. over mean, the years. You mean the new bad guy in music? Yeah. Nile yeah, Rogers. I know, I know. That, that I'm not a big fan of the new music. The 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 um uh, <clears throat> excuse me, business that he has started recently, but the, but you talk about like his as a producer and as a songwriter and as producer, a, yeah, songwriter, as a guitar player, and, you know all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, but he has he has literally turned into oh, I the know. I know the evil guy in the music industry. Them, yeah. Well, you but, have to wonder how much of it is actually him. Is it just you know paying to have his name on the record and just kind of showing up? Oh no, up? You, did you not know about the new thing that him? No, and, no, no. He's got a new music ven, ven, uh, venture, him, and I forget what the other guy's name is. Uh, it's another like big wig in the music yeah. business. And and I, I, wish I, I wish I had it in front of me to tell you, but basically what they do is that they'll go to like, um, who's had like a, a fairly minor hit here recently that kind of came and went? I, they'll go to somebody who mm-hmm. like, you know, had like, you know, say, hey, um, we want to buy your royalties for that for your for that song or what, or, or whatever you know, your your back catalog or whatever, and mm-hmm. they'll look and say, okay, you made this amount of money this last year. Mm-hmm. We'll give you basically ten years of that up front. So, but they get the royalties. But they to the get song. everything after. They that. get the rights to the song. The they get the, the royalties. So basically, the ability to sell it to, to advertisers, advertising, and so, all that. So kind basically, of stuff. they're cataloging. Yeah, and so the thing is, is that like you know, obviously, you know, the Stones or Bo or um, Bowie's estate or you know, somewhere mm-hmm. Elton John or something is not going to do that because yeah. they know. 
but some band that like had a, yeah, say a the hit, dark say the darkness yeah who had yeah. a hit a few years ago that's not doing as well as they they are now but it's one of those things where they come and say hey look we're gonna drop this big amount of money on you right now for but we we get your your art, your, your catalog your catalog, right. you know and, and it's not just like one song they buy the entire catalog right. yeah. you know that they'll go and say okay you made this much money last year on on this we'll give you that we'll give you a check right now for 10 years of that and then they get to do whatever and they then, want to do but, with but it but then they right. get to go and make millions yeah. off of that just see the I mean, he's basically become the J.G. Gentworth. I was about to say. <laughs> J.G. Yeah. Wentworth well, yeah. of the, the music The funny thing industry. is, if you dig into it, that kind of stuff has been going oh, on in music for, well, I mean, as far back as like Buck Owens. The yeah. music, but things, yeah. but the it's music been by industry. business people and it's been done by lawyers. Yeah. But to have an actual musician do this to other musicians, oh, that's that's is still as going on. Rank. Oh, that's that's. I mean, that, that's yeah. the whole. You go back to the whole like Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. It, 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 well, you fallout, got that. I mean, you know, even further a, back than that, it, you know, it's rank. That it, to be one of to do this to one of your own is the lowest of the low. Hey, man, desperate people in desperate times will do what they need to do, and that's and exactly I, and that's what, what it they're is. Taking advantage, it, it of, is. So. It's yeah. taking advantage of somebody who can say, "Hey, you mean I could get a I can get a check right now for a million dollars." Or I can, you know, or or I can get a check right now, or you know, let's say the the hit wasn't even that big, yeah. but you know, it's one of those things that like may, maybe they made like ten grand last year, but then they come around and say, hey, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars right now. Yeah, I need the money, you know, yeah, and yeah. not thinking about the long term. Over time, I could actually make a whole lot more money than this. Yeah. Well, but it's that. But handle, I also you know? might not. You exactly. Know? I, I mean, know there is that. So, I, I, I mean, still remember um, seeing an interview with one of the guys from Right Said Fred. Yep. who showed his royalty check that was $3.45. Right. You know, because nobody downloaded... And there was the, the whole bit that they did on Saturday Night Live about um, the paying for the downloads. Mm-hmm. And they had, I think it was... Um, uh, I can't remember the act or who it was, but came up as one of the members of Right Said Fred. And mm-hmm. they said, Sir, you have quite possibly the least downloaded song in the history of right. downloads, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and it's funny wow. because I, I have seen... Where someone who had a minor hit yep. five years ago or something, you know, <clears throat> because of that minor hit, I actually built a little bit of a following to where it's like, no, look, I can still put out an album on iTunes and make thirty, forty thousand dollars Oh, yeah. A lot, know, of, just a lot of artists a, from like the late 70s. Yeah, you know, that, types yeah. up because they have enough of a, of a following to be. Yeah. Now, granted, it's not, you know, you're not making million, but it's still one of those things where it's like, dude, I'd like to make $30,000 off of a new album I just dropped. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, I know it's not like big money or anything, but it's like, hey, it's money. Exactly. You know, it's, you know, yeah, so but, especially with these days with like your know, home recording and everything. But I mean, from what I understand with his thing is that if you sell to them and then you release a new album, they own that also. I don't know about that part. I think it's just back catalog is what they're doing. Uh, from, from the article what, that I now, read, I think they pretty there much may own. Be, you know, it's just like it's just like the 360 deals that the that the uh, record labels got into a few years ago, where basically it's like we know we're not going to make as much money off of the actual record sales. Yeah. So we're going to get these these young kids, and we're going to make them sign these 360 deals. So any endorsement that they get, we're yeah. going to get a cut of that. You know, any you know. We're going to get tour money. We're going to get money off their touring. We're going to get money off their merch. We're going to get, I mean, everything, it's three, six, everything that they yeah. do. Right. We're going to. What is that? It's in here, whatever it is. It's gone now. 
Okay. Yeah, it sounded like it was. I was like, water's running. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys heard that. Or that that's got to be the ghost again. It could be. So, so yeah. So now that we've bitched about the music business a little bit, because that's what we do every time we have a music in, a music episode. Um, yeah. So this was uh, our episode about cover songs, and we're almost at two hours now. Thanks for and, bringing uh, it to us, Barry. Yeah, Absolutely, guys. Thanks, thanks for letting me uh, kind of steer the boat here if, a little bit. If I have any family members out there listening, I apologize. No, you don't. <laughs> You're right. right. I have so. no regrets. Or you would stop so. doing it. <laughs> no regrets. So, <laughs> you, you you've known me all my life. You know so. how I am. So, <laughs> I, 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 it's your fault for expecting more. Okay, <laughs> there's nothing I can do with him, folks. I've tried. I was about to say, at least he's being honest about it. You know, <laughs> and, and guys, just to kind of wrap up, hey, you, know, like if you I don't said, expect too much from me, then you might not be let down. There you so go. <laughs> and, and just you know, again, to kind of reiterate, if if anybody out there has heard something tonight that, or you know, whenever you're listening to this, yeah, that they didn't realize or, you know, didn't know there was a version of, right. please go ahead and dig in and try to listen to some of them. I'm not going to promise that all of them are good, but it's definitely going to be a different experience. And right. I know it's really easy for, for fans of music like, like the three of us to kind of get stagnant. And we oh, get absolutely. into that, that mm-hmm. state where we're like, we've listened to the same stuff over and over and over again. Okay, well, you don't really want to venture out and try somebody new until you know what they can do. So what's a better way to do that than having them do a song that you already know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, to hear a different style or a different sound or whatever. It's a great way to get exposed to new artists. It's a great way to get exposed to, to new music and, you know, to maybe discover some stuff that you didn't know was a cover. And hear that original version, like the Everly Brothers version that we were talking about or the right, Edna Swap right. or, you yeah. know, any of those others. Yeah. Those are great songs. But you probably never knew that they were a cover song. So, I agree. So, so yeah. So you can follow us on social media. Um, we've got Facebook. We've got Instagram. We got Discord. We have oh, links to all that stuff. In come the, over and join us on Discord. Where Barry can, finally came to the dark side. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you can, if you have disagreements with Barry, you can come over to Discord and let Bring him know it. about that. Bring it on. If you really thought that that you know Mick Jagger, David Bowie song was the greatest thing ever written, no. bring it. We will go toe to toe. Yeah. And the thing is, is it's such a good song, the original version. Oh, is. it is. I mean, it's a phenomenal song. Can be used in any number of I different know, ways. I know. Just not that version. Oh, so no. come on over, join us on social media join us on facebook instagram definitely come over to the discord you can hang out with us there we're usually and lurking in the background i will, I will definitely <laughs> put up a youtube uh playlist for all this stuff and um whether you want to hear it or not it'll be there so. <laughs> <laughs> well and you guys are welcome to share the the spotify one that i oh yeah uh, yeah yeah. Yep. I get that. okay yeah we can do that and that might actually be better yeah so you can go and you know, yeah, listen to we, it that way s- so. send you a link absolutely we'll put it in the, put it in the notes so so, guys, thank you so much. Uh, Barry, thank you for coming out. Absolutely. Thanks for letting time me. with us. And um, we'll have to have you back on rather than just once a year from now on. So. <laughs> I made my quota. Yeah. Um, you know, at least I can keep you, <laughs> at least uh, unlike other guests I've had on here, I can keep you on topic. So. Uh, <laughs> oh. Now, now, be honest. Is it really you keeping me on topic or uh, is it well, the other way around? There you well, go. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. There Again, you going go. back to something you said earlier. Yes. With Speaking of our other guests, when I'm the one who's trying to keep everybody on topic. You know what's going on. You know that there's a problem. It's, so. hard, it's hard to argue with that. I, I think at some point you and I are going to have to buy Corey a dinner or something. Because he, he has not been here to defend himself. That's the best I've time known, to attack, though, I've isn't known, it? Dave, I've known Corey for over 25 years. He knows. <laughs> this is not news. Corey, you know, I've known again, him longer than you have. If you expect any more, you're, you're just asking for it. So it's <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
I'm like, sorry, Corey. I, I can't control him. <laughs> no. I can't so, be tamed. All right. We're we're gonna get out of here. I've gotta have a talk with Alan about his <laughs> behavior today. I got a feeling he's gonna be standing in the corner for a little while. So folks, I am Big Dave. <laughs> and I am Alan Smith. And thanks for tuning in to the and this is Barry. Sorry. Yes, My hi, apology. I'm Barry. Barry, thank you for coming in and hanging out no with problem, us. No problem, guys. And you have been suffering through the Project Gen X podcast today. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Winker guns. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs>